podcast you've been looking for all along. Step into the life of urban exploration with guests from around the world. Welcome to No Tracers. Welcome back to the No Tracers podcast. This week's episode is absolutely incredible. I'm super excited to share this one with you guys. This week on the podcast, I am joined by Urbex Muse, and I'm also joined by Explore with Sunny. They explore together, and so they were like, hey, can we come on the podcast together? And I said, uh, yeah, absolutely. I love having two people on the show at the same time. It's awesome. Getting to hear double the stories. Dude, this episode is so sick, so uh, buckle up, get ready for it. It's going to be a wild one. It's about an hour and a half long. Super excited to share it with you guys. Before we jump in, just a couple things. First of all, I've decided that I'm making another book. First of all, I have a photography book called No Tracers, an Urban Explorer's Diary. It's full of my stories and photos from abandoned places I've explored around the world. And I would love for you to pick up a copy or uh, pick up a duffel bag to carry your costumes, your props for urban exploring in. I also have backpacks and all kinds of stuff. Go to justtheletterk.com slash no tracers. You can check that stuff out. I'm actually bringing my duffel bag with me to the UK. I'm going on tour with a band called Monroe. So if you live over in the UK and you want to hang out and you want to come to a metal show, I'll be doing a video and photo for Monroe on tour. Uh, making a documentary as well. So super excited about that. Can't wait. Can't wait. But I, like I was saying, so I have a photography book out, but I'm actually creating a guidebook for urban exploring. And I'm so excited. It was actually inspired during this episode. So we are getting, we are getting that started. And I'm so excited to share that with you guys. So stick around. It'll probably be done by January. That's my goal for it. I'm going to team up with a another urban explorer that I've had on the podcast, Cursed Sketchbook. And I'm going to see if he wants to illustrate the photos for the guidebook. I think it would be super sick. I'm going to make it kind of like uh, the, uh, what what is it? Zombieland guidebook, like the field guidebook. It's just going to be like each page is like a new bullet point. So there's probably going to be like a hundred in there. Super excited about that. If you guys have any tips you want to share that should go in the guidebook, please DM me at no.tracers. Also, if you want to come on the podcast and you're an urban explorer and you have stories to share, DM me at no.tracers and let's get you on the podcast. I would love to have you. This is my favorite show to do. Thank you guys for listening. Lastly, I need to thank our partner on this podcast. That is Liquid Death Mountain Water. If you've never heard of it, well, don't worry. Guess who's got an ad for you? It's me. In three, two, one. From the streams of the Austrian Alps comes a new kind of water. A water that is sure to raise you from your grave. If you're tired of buying cases of plastic water bottles that contain carcinogens and God knows what else, or if you're trying to lower your waste footprint, Liquid Death comes in beautifully rugged aluminum cans. Murder your thirst with a can of Liquid Death. Check the link in the description and use code just the letter K at checkout for 10% off your order. Liquid death. Murder. Your thirst. So yeah, that was my liquid death ad that I made. I I like to make things super spooky. You know, I am a spooky kind of person. Um, Thank you guys. If you want to listen to this podcast and watch a video of it, basically, if you want to listen to the podcast and check out the photos of my guests, head to the Just the Letter K YouTube channel and you can actually watch 
their photos go by as we talk about these crazy stories that they've experienced while exploring. But yeah, let's get into this episode. What do you say? Without further ado, Urbex Muse and Explore with Sunny, please introduce yourselves and how long you've been exploring to the No Tracers audience. Also, if you guys are new to the podcast, hit subscribe. If you are a veteran listener, please leave a rating and feedback on Apple Podcasts. It helps the podcast grow. Thank you. All right, let's get into the show. Okay, so I'm, I guess people know me by Urmex Muse. <laughs> I sound so goofy when I say that. I mean, it just, to me, I'm just always Gabby, but yeah, I guess everyone knows me by that online. Um, I've been exploring since like the summer of 2019. We met up, me and Sunny met up uh, to start exploring together. Was it also around October 2019? Yeah, yeah around that so, time. Yeah, and so then Sunny, if you want to go ahead. Yeah, well, I'm Explore with Sunny. And I've been exploring and doing paranormal investigations, I would say, probably since like 2018. But I don't think that I got serious about exploring until I met up with uh, the Muse. And that's when everything changed. Nice. So what got you guys like into exploring in the first place? What made you catch this bug for decay, for for buildings falling apart, for doing some uh, not so normal activities, if you will? Um, well, so for me, it was because, like I said, I started exploring just a little bit before I met up with Sunny. So I was like kind of figuring out the urbex space a lot on my own. I didn't really know the do's or don'ts or really anything. It was very just like intuitive. But um, basically, I was going to college at the time and I was a senior and I had always heard about this like place nearby the campus that was kind of like this. I don't really call it like people call it a children's asylum or like a training school or, you know, there's a whole bunch of different things I've heard people call it. But um, I'd always been really fascinated by it. And I always heard all these stories. Like when I would work jobs on campus, I would have like my bosses tell me, oh, yeah, I went there. And like they would tell me their experiences and all this stuff. And I was just kind of scared because there's like this rumor that would always go around being like, oh, if you're a student here and you get caught at this place, you're going to have issues like with graduation and all this stuff. So I was like, okay. As soon as I graduated, I said, okay, now I feel comfortable going in and checking it out. And I did. And that kind of just kicked it off for me that I just kept wanting to do more. And it kind of just... I don't know, I was figuring out as I went along, but it really sucked me in and I just couldn't help but want to find more after that. So that was it for me, pretty much. I love that. Sunny, what about you? For me, I think that a lot of it is rooted from, I remember being like just super young and and seeing just like, you know, maybe like farmhouses or abandoned houses on the side of the road, just driving with my parents. And I just always was like fascinated. You know, I wanted to know what was inside of this place. But I remember... You know, I'd be do like Googling and looking up pictures of like Chernobyl. Like I had no idea really what it was. I just thought it was like spooky and scary. And I just loved looking at these images. So years later, when I found out there was a location that was somewhat near my house, I just wanted to go, but none of my friends would want to go with me. So it was like, it took so long for me to finally go to these places. But I remember the first time that I went, it was during a snowstorm and then my friends were just like, finally, they were just like, yeah, sure, whatever, we'll go. And I just remember being in this place and it was an abandoned mental hospital. And I remember being in like the main, one of the main corridors and this, it was just like so quiet. The snow was coming down. And I just remember thinking like, there's just nothing else like this. Like this feeling that I'm getting right now, is just so unique. And from that moment, I just knew, like I knew I had to find more places and I just, I don't know, I just fell in love with it right there. So and that, here we are now years later and we're doing this all the time and we're just finding these places that are just incredible. And it's just, I don't know. I just love it so much. I don't think I, I could ever stop. 
Yeah, right? It's like it's like the the craziest kind of addiction, you know? We're we're addicted to these these buildings that are decaying and the the history of the places and I feel like we're all like our own little historians and I think that's a a very exciting thing for the future of the culture of of Urbex, you know, is is keeping that history alive through like things like photos and what you guys do with your videos as well on YouTube. Um, for you, like when did photography come, when did you guys pick up a camera? Like, was it when you started exploring or have you guys always had cameras in your hands? Um, yeah. So for me, it started off being like, I wanted to explore. So I was, I would say for me, it was always about exploring first. And it was just like the curiosity because when I was first exploring and even like when we were exploring together with me Mm -hmm. and Sunny, it was, I was always just like the kind of like the observant person because he was doing videos before me and he had a camera like beforehand, like pretty much since the time we met up and I had nothing. I was just, you know, walking around, just pleased to like kind of be almost like in the backstory, watching him do his videos, do photos. And I was just, you know, whipping out my iPhone and like taking random shots like that. Um, And I only got my camera in like March of 2020. So I've been exploring for like, I mean, I was getting close to like the year mark of exploring without ever really taking like real photos on like a camera. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it got to the point where I just wanted to like develop as a hobby more. I mean, I feel like it's something that for me, I just learned about photography through the lens of Urbex rather than the opposite way around where people are photographers and then they just add that to like Urbex and like their experience. So right. it was a little bit like the opposite way for, for me, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Like I'm I'm the the other way you were just explaining. I, I was a photographer first and then like discovered kind of like community of urban exploring. And I, I grew up overseas and, and then moved to California. So I met up with like a bunch of people at a photography meetup that we had out here. And somehow the topic of abandoned buildings came up. Somebody was like, oh, yeah, there's this abandoned hospital. And I was like, wait a second. There's other people in the world that that love this kind of stuff as like the same way I do, like, let's go. And so for you guys, like speaking of, you know, photography and, and I recently watched one of your, your recent videos from like last week when you guys were uh, in that toxic building and you had hazmat suits on. Can you talk to me about like the gear that you guys bring into these places? And, And that could be from the actual camera you use, your backpacks, masks, anything like that for like newcomers that are getting into the hobby. Yeah, I, I think that the that was like the first time the those hazmat suits came out. But because we heard a rumor about this, one of our friends who went there told us that they explored it for a few hours and they had to leave. They were they had rashes on their skin, they had sore throats. So like when I heard that, I was like, I I wanted to go to this place, but I know that we're gonna be in here for longer than a two hours or an hour. We're gonna be in here for like six hours probably because we're taking pictures, we're filming YouTube videos, and we're also doing TikToks. So yeah. I wanted to know that we are gonna be in there and be protected and not have to worry i don't want to get rashes i don't want to have this get sick from urbex you know i love this i don't want it to be a, a downfall of my health mm-hmm. so usually we don't wear the hazmat suits but usually i say i always bring a respirator with me i do wear them a lot more now because i think just exploring with like a little face mask is, is not really enough so i try to wear a respirator with i always have that with me usually i try to wear it um i always bring I like my camera. I always bring like a knife with me. Um, I'm trying to think. Lights. Oh, yeah, lights. <laughs> like a uh, big like LED light panels. I bring a flashlight. That's um, like for his. I mean, yeah, his whole thing is he loves on TikTok. Like he has his own style, which I think is super cool. That we also have like two different ways that we make TikToks. But for him, he loves bringing like his little flashlight as a prop, almost to make it seem like oh, you're like a point of view, like walking through a place with like your arm extended out with a flashlight. So for mm. him, it's like both 
the practicalness of like mm-hmm. being able to see and like for photos we have like our light panels and also for filming but then you also have like some stuff you just bring for the intention of like creating content i guess yeah, like, yeah. to kind of i mean and exactly. then there's all your to delve into like the paranormal gear like he always brings all of his stuff if he has an idea in advance that so, like there's a spot that's interesting that he thinks oh i might want to do like investigating then there's that whole separate section but yeah i think for me like i mean I don't know, it's like hiking gear kind of stuff like i mean because sometimes we take like the weird ways into places which i guess is a whole nother thing is like if you know because there are some explorers out there who love to just take a simple way which is fine i mean it's just for us that like we prioritize more than anything like not getting caught and that's our big thing and so it, like if we have to go through the woods like it's fine yeah <laughs> i just feel like it was funny because i was listening to some, to some of the other podcasts and i saw that greg abandon was on so i was like oh yeah. i'll watch this one because I'm, I'm just really familiar with greg and uh he was saying that he always takes the hardest way in yeah. and sometimes it's not even on purpose but he just goes in i mean it's like the first way you see in go in because you don't want to waste time just like being out in the open in some of these mm-hmm. places so that happens to us all the time so when i heard greg was saying that i was laughing because i could just i could just picture him like just just being a, like a goofball you know <laughs> yeah but definitely so i think that that's where like again like a lot of that hiking stuff might come in which is maybe is not something that a lot of people think of but for me it's like hiking pants um more heavy duty boots also just because like it gets grimy and like it's just yeah. easier to navigate um when you're wearing like good quality shoes mm-hmm. i'm trying to think what else if there's anything i mean yeah camera light yeah, I mean, there's um, certain, certain gear that we wear. Usually, um, like, like bags, yeah, yeah. yeah, like like your your packs, and like you're not going to see me wearing like jeans into a, an abandoned building, or you know, like a, a yellow t-shirt or like a red t-shirt or something. I try to dress with like all earth tones, super yeah. stealthy. So if I have to drop down to the ground and lay there, you know, no one's going to see me. I don't want to stick out. I want to blend right into the environment. Right. Yeah. I think it's also just something that you like figure out over time too. It's like I. <laughs> I'll never forget I went exploring and this is before I knew it any better and I went in like Lululemon leggings and I went through some like hole in a window and I got snagged on like some I don't even know what it was it was like some screen and I tore my like pants open I was like thank god I'm wearing like a huge denim jacket otherwise people are gonna just see my whole thing. but um so it's just stuff like that that you don't even realize until you like kind of have those experiences too yeah. and I mean I don't I think that's okay to have some some trial and error with Urbex. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the, the experience. Yep, you too. have to have it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, Thanks for some fun story. There's not a, <laughs> it doesn't exist yet as far as I know, but I would love to create one, uh, an Urbex guidebook, like a how to yeah, exactly. Urbex for dummies kind of thing. <laughs> I think no, it's be, so true though, because yeah. like, even people just who wanted to get into this, they don't realize, you know, of anything that can happen to you, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. it, it would make, people really think about it before they start this hobby because it's not for everybody. You know, who, what kind of hobby you can just get arrested at any moment, you know, a, a, a piece of a brick could fall on your head and kill you. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. And we just yeah. are, you know, we accept those risks and those chances. I yeah. think also the way you mentioned too, like the idea of that book, I feel like it'd be cool too. Cause like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the hobby, at least for us, like when we hear about other people's perceptions, it's, I think a lot of it's based almost like on stereotypes. Mm. And so I think sometimes it's nice to have like a, like, Maybe like if there was something out there, like an insider's perspective of like, hey, yeah, like maybe some stuff is crazy sometimes, but it's not always like everything that you see in like those clickbaity titles. Of dead you know? bodies found. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I actually had someone ask me, they're like, oh, do they just leave the bodies in the market? I'm like, do you think like, <laughs> you think that they would do that? I don't know. Oh my god, what? Oh my god, people are crazy. It's hilarious. Like the just the questions I get, you know, all the time, like it's it's hilarious. And I, I should do like a whole separate podcast on just questions that people 
ask us, you know, because there's so many random things that would just make everybody laugh. You know, it's it's great. But so yeah, speaking of me. speaking of like, uh, you know, ripping your pants and, and that kind of stuff. Do you guys have any like Urbex injury stories you can share? Um, I don't know if we really have that many, to be honest. I, mean, I think I like, probably have some more, some more than you. I'm trying to think if, I mean, for me, it's just a lot of like bruises. I feel like I never yeah. have gotten anything major other than like mm-hmm. huge bruises because like, we'll like, I'll squeeze myself through spots where like, I remember there was, this is actually one spot I went to alone because Sunny was busy and I knew that it was open and I'd been wanting to see it. And like, every time I went, there was always some sort of issue. So I was like, I'm just going to go for it alone and whatever, uh, which I never really do. And probably some not. I don't advocate that everyone goes exploring alone. I think it's, you need to be a certain type of person to do that. But yeah, yeah, it was just like a really small window. And I had to like, I almost call it like the inchworm because mm-hmm. you couldn't fit in unless you were kind of like just wiggling and kind of like throwing your body inch by inch. And so you have to imagine every time you're doing that, I'm like hitting my legs in like every oh section. I so I remember I looked insane. It was still like summer after like, you know, I was wearing shorts out in public and Sunny was like, my God, you look crazy. You should have seen how bruised this girl's <laughs> oh legs were. It looked like, it looked like she was strapped up and someone was hitting her with a belt on the legs, both it sides was bad, yeah. from like her from like her knees up to her like upper thighs, which is bruised, bruised, Oof. bruised, bruised. It was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. But, but that was like, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it was worth it in my opinion. Like I really <laughs> wanted to see that place. There wasn't a lot inside, to be honest, but there was the morgue. Hey, and I it. mean, I wanted to see it. So I and I also just I don't know. I pride myself on when I do those things, it makes me feel kinda like a badass. Like, yeah. oh yeah, you did that entrance, not everyone would. So yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I draw but... the line at like claustrophobic situations. That's not for me. Oh, I would not. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. Oh, yeah. I get like when my fiance has her leg on top of my legs, like at night and we're going to bed, I'm like, no, I can't. Like, I'm freaking out right now. Like, I can't imagine going through like a cave or like a tiny. Uh, nope. Not for me. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah. I think for, for injuries for me, I think, you know, just like like random random bruises like i remember like i cut my hand on glass once in an in a an abandoned mental hospital mm. and i had no idea because i was so pumped up on adrenaline and it was only it was like 20 minutes later my it, i was wearing like a white um like cloth respirator at the time this was like one of my first explorers my friend's like bro you got blood all over your face and I, i'm the first thing i'm thinking is like what the like what and i didn't realize my whole like hand was like sliced open mm. completely i had to do like a I had to whip out like my med kit and I was like taping my finger up, but my blood was like dripping right near the morgue of this place. And that was super creepy. What did you, so, uh, you see on the wall after you looked up on the wall and it said, it said Cl- right behind my friend, he was like, bro, you're bleeding. Like your blood's dripping in this place. And I'm thinking in my head, like, okay, this is like definitely not good. And, um, I'm looking at him and I'm looking behind him and right in the wall behind him, it says clinical blood right behind him. So no I always way. I thought that was like a weird, coincidence. but it, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've had but, a lot of weird experiences. Yeah, besides that, that I think just like random cuts. I mean, one time we were running into a, a bando. It was like early morning. Remember that? And I, there was like a trench like built around this, this oh bando. I, I didn't even see it because I was so focused like <laughs> on trying to run into this place. I didn't want cars to see me. And I like stepped down and I just buckled my knee like oh. so hard. He fell into a tactical role so oh, yeah. well that oh, I yeah. didn't think he even fell. I was like, what are you doing? You're like a little secret. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and then afterwards he tells me what we're in. He's like, ah, my knee. And I'm like, oh, you didn't mean to do that? Yeah, when in doubt, <laughs> roll it out. That's what I always say. This actually like the same thing I did at one point too. This was like early, early on when we were exploring, which I was lucky that I actually oh didn't get hurt. God. But yeah, I was going into a building. This is this isn't really the case anymore. But back then the way to get in was like there was a window and it's so crazy they left it like this for so long it was a window that you could literally just swing all the way open and it's like a i don't know it was just really easy way to get in so i'm getting in and i guess the shoes i was wearing at the time uh were a little slick so when you're like on tile sometimes it just just right you like kind of slip 
So I did that, and then the floor was, like, covered in glass, and so I just went down. Oh. But Sonny was outside behind me because he hasn't gotten in yet. So he's like, dang. Because like, we hadn't really known each other that well. He's like, dang, this girl's, like, intense. She's, like, rolling in this place. And I'm and, like, no, I fell. Yeah, we, got, <laughs> we, yeah, we like got in there, and I'm like, damn, that was, like, a, what'd you do, like, a tactical roll on the floor? She was like, oh, no, I fell on all this glass. Oh. I was like, oh, well, it looks and I was cool. Like, <laughs> and I was, like, dusting myself off because I was, like, covered in dust. And, oh, my and God. I was just, it was just funny. Oh. But it's, yeah, it's more, like, near stuff. I've never really had anything more than bruises or just like near yeah never, yeah never fell yeah. through floors or anything usually i'm like if the if the floor seems like sketchy i'll try to like walk on the sides i'm, I'm like pretty aware of that kind of stuff i mean mm -hmm. i don't want to like fall and break my legs that would be terrible yeah, yeah. that'd be an embarrassing story to tell people be like what, what happened to you how you break your leg and i'm like oh yeah i like went into an abandoned building and i just fell through the floor because i was not paying attention <laughs> like Oh, man. Yeah, I remember it reminds me of this time I was in Washington, I got to explore an abandoned nuclear power plant. And we had two days there, this band had like rented it out because it still had like a property owner, right? And you can like, they filmed like Transformers there and like a bunch of random movies, but this band rented it out for two days to film like two or three music videos in different spots in there. And there were sections where like the floor just like wasn't there. Like it was like mm -hmm. a great, great floor. And then there were like sections that were just missing out of the floor. And it was like a 50 foot drop. And I was like, yeah, imagine what is this place? Like I will literally die here. <laughs> like what? That's crap. Yeah. And I've seen some, I've seen a few places like that where I mean, like we've walked around and we know that there's like yeah. sections that look really weird. Like I've had some places where I've walked down the hallway and then you look and you kind of see that the floor just like slowly angles down mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, okay. There's like the bathtub that was on this floor is now like two floors yeah. below me. <laughs> like, oh so sometimes yeah, it is a little crazy to see like the infrastructure of places and how, I mean, really when you think about it, it's like you see sections like that and it makes you realize, yeah, where I'm standing right now, that could have happened right here or could happen any second, you know? Yeah, you always got to be aware. So absolutely, yeah, we try to be aware. Just put that on there. Mm -hmm. So take me into your scariest explorations. Sunny, I know you do some like paranormal stuff. Like take me into those like really scary stories. And this could be either paranormal. This could be running into people in a bando. This could be, I've had people on the podcast talking about getting like held up at gunpoint, like crazy shit oh happens. God. Yeah, no, it's, it's insane. Like we'll, we'll start off with just like regular crazy urbex stories. And then we'll do the paranormal ones after. Cause Perfect. I think yeah. the, most of the stories we do together are like, or like secure either like security or cops something, or something like yeah. that usually when me and the mm -hmm. muse are together that stuff is i feel like it happens a decently amount of time yeah i mean we've had like some i'm trying to think of like some cases the like first there's... thing i thought of was i mean we those the abandoned camp with that dude on the quad that's what i was thinking of that too. dude probably had a gun based so, off of where we were so, so basically to, to back up and we'll go back into the what happened we were it was like it must have been winter because it was snowing yep. and there was snow everywhere and wistic one number one that we made here was that there is not really a great place to park and so we kind of were just like, whatever, we'll park right next to it. Horrible idea. Never do that. And we'll, um, we'll, but I <laughs> so. feel like the only reason we did that was because the main place we wanted to go, we figured, oh, we couldn't do this. So this was just like a random, there was like, it was like all these little bunch of cabins on, on the side of the road. So we we're like, yeah. oh, we'll just park here for 10 minutes. We'll check it out. It was one of those sections where it makes you think kind of like you're in the middle of nowhere. And it's like, it's not like the well-known abandoned spot. It's just like an abandoned thing you drive by and in like a super small town that you almost feel like no one would really <laughs> think about it, I guess, as much. I don't know. I think either way, we should have taken it more seriously. But we were in there walking around. And the first thing I guess we'll talk about is like what we actually stumbled across before that guy even came mm -hmm. by. Because we walked into the cabins and we walked full on into like like a living situation. Oh, like people yeah. were using the cabins, which was it was that intense. Felt I mean, weird. We walked in and there's like beds that are still made. Um, fishing there was poles, fishing poles, jackets, pill, jackets, pill bottles with 
ominous powder in them that I didn't want to oh. touch. Um, yeah, uh, we, I, it was collections of like firewood. They had a pot still set up to like, you could tell that they had like tried to set up a fire underneath it. It was extremely very much like it looked like anyone could walk back any second. So I was in there and I was like, I feel so freaked out. Someone's going to walk in here. So that was like my first thing I was on my mind. I was already freaked out because we've mm-hmm. never come across anything like that. We've never bumped into anyone like homeless or anything like that in a place. So it was the closest we'd ever gotten to feeling like Someone, someone could, could come by here, any second. Or someone could be watching us. Like, oh, what oh, are they yeah. doing like, in, my, in my space? Well, because we were also kind of like, well, we hadn't seen all the cabins at that point, and we never actually got to see the rest because we were like, well, what if this isn't the only one? You know, there could be other ones where other people were staying. We don't know. So we were headed out of there, and we were kind of like trying to navigate it. We go into another cabin, and we kind of think it's cool, and then out of nowhere, we hear like this noise. Yeah, I heard this noise in the distance. So like, I'm, I'm super paranoid when I ex- explore. Like, I'm always listening. I'm always looking out for security cops. Like, I'll be going, checking the windows and everything, you know? And I hear this noise from the from far away, and I, I know a noise of like a quad or a dirt bike, and it sounded like a quad. So I'm like, let's get, get in one of the cabins like right now, just in case. And before we know it, here comes this dude on a quad and he's he's on the quad and he's like standing up and he's looking because there was snow there. So he's looking at our footprints trying to track where we went. Yeah, because I remember like, he knew that there was you someone. Were, yeah, but you were like in the next room next to me, like in the bathroom. And I was telling you just like to stay there. And I'm like kind of in the kitchen where the front door is. And I'm like watching this dude from like behind. So like if he turned around, I could kind of like hide. But like the where I was, I can see. And he's like looking around, like searching for footprints. And he's getting confused because the snow just happened to be melted right here. So the tracks were gone. Yeah, so so it didn't look like it led into the build, which was good at least. But yeah, I just remember feeling super sketched out because you kept hearing him kind of loop around. Like he he would kind of loop around, be gone, loop around, but he would never really went far. And it was crazy too, because I'm like squatting down in this bathroom and I just know for a fact, because I hear him, I can literally, because you know, it's just the wall. And then it's like, he's like probably like not even five feet ahead of me because I hear him right Mm -hmm. in front of me. And I'm like, oh my god! If this guy looks in this window and looks down, he's just gonna stare down. And yeah, see we were me. close to him. We were close. It was crazy. Like, it was the closest I've ever been to anyone. Mm-hmm. Like if, like if it was like security or probably not security, but maybe like someone who I don't know if he, really anyone owns the place. It's always hard to know. I who's feel like he was probably the owner, or he right. was a friend of an owner who mm-hmm. was or checking on it. Yeah. But I mean, where we were, I mean, it's not unnormal for people to carry guns. So my first thought was, let's not have this dude even see us or know we're here. Let's just kind of stay calm and not move. And confuse him because if he's looking around all these prints, he doesn't know where they go. He's going to be confused. And eventually I'm watching this dude. He just takes off and he's going because there's an abandoned building on the next property. And it's I actually, know he's going over there. Uh, yeah. And it's actually the more well-known one too. It was the one that we initially wanted to go to. And it, there was actually two other spots nearby there too mm-hmm. as well. But um, yeah, so we were thinking like, oh, he sees our car there. He probably looked around the cabins first. And then he's like, oh, it's probably that they would try to go to this other well-known place. So we hear him take off, right? And we kind of give it a second. We hear it's quiet. And we booked it. Yep, I'm like, it's time to go right now. <laughs> oh my God, we booked it. And we just thought it was funny because we're driving away and we're like, this man's going to be like clueless. He's going to come back and he's going to be like, this car is gone. Yep, he's going to know. He, <laughs> yeah. he knew he would know that so. that he got duped. But I thought it was funny because like there was this truck that kept passing on the road, this like loud truck. I feel like it may, maybe was someone else who was like an owner or like a friend of an owner. And like, as we got in my car and left, me and this dude had like a stare down. I like looked right at him and he looked at me like almost like he knew that it was us. (laughs) Makes me think in retrospect of like that Twilight scene when it's like Edward Cullen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what what I felt like. He was, we were like, just like as I passed, we both like made eye contact and I was just like, yeah so that was, that was really intense. I feel like it's interesting because that's, it was both like scary at first because our mindset was like who is staying in these cabins and then mm. it shifted to like oh crap like we need to get out of here yeah so that was definitely something and i'm trying to think of like some other ones i mean 
trying to They're think. not always like super scary, but like in the moment, like your heart's just pounding. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, I had one where yeah. I was exploring with um, another explorer and we almost got caught. And that was the closest I've ever been to getting caught. And it was the scariest. It was like everything was in slow motion for me. That was a crazy, crazy story. And um, I'll kind of just give a brief overview of yeah. that. We, it was a huge abandoned state school. And we knew that it was hard to get into. We had a little bit of information about some of the buildings, really not much. And I was just like, whatever, we'll just go. And how, how intense could it be, really? So we had to go through, like, so much property, so much. Because I'm trying to go into the back way. And, and then the person I was with, they were also down to just go through the woods and everything. Because, I mean, they knew a little bit more about this place than I did. So we get into the campus. We're going... It's the building we want to go to is on the other side of the campus. So we're going through the woods and there's fences in the woods and there's the, it was so overgrown, but I haven't seen any cars driving around there. There wasn't any security as that's what it looked like so far. So I'm like, okay, cool. We, we finally get near one of the buildings. We've, we've been hiking through the woods for like an hour now. The building we get to, like all the alarms are going off inside the building. So I was kind of like, oh, this is like kind of weird. And he was messaging his friend. And they were like, oh, that's normal. Like they, they, been, they were going off when I went. So I'm like, okay, let's just go in really quick and check this place out. It was, it was pretty cool. It had like a, um, it was like a, like a therapy pool in there and it, it was pretty chill to see. And then we got out and, and we're like, no one's even in this campus. It looked like a ghost town. So let's try to check out some of these other buildings, see if we can get in. And we're going around. Everything's really locked up. The place still had power. And I'm like, we're not getting in these buildings today. No way. There has to be like another way in. And as I'm... We're like kind of near the tree line, near one of the other buildings. And I'm looking in the woods and I'm going, what the hell is in the woods right now? I see something like white going through the woods. And it took me a second to realize, okay, what would be white moving around like through the woods? It, it was like a truck. Oh, shit. So I like grabbed my friend and I kind of like threw him onto the ground. He like landed in like a bush and I jumped down and it was like tall grass. It was probably like a foot tall, the grass. Wow. So... I'm laying in the grass. My face is smushed in the ground. I'm completely still. And I'm looking with one eye toward the road. The road is like five feet in front of me, right? Oh so my God. this truck drives up super slow. My heart is like pounding right now because I know we're going to have to probably run out of here. And I don't know. Like I don't want to leave him behind. You know, I wouldn't do that. So I'm like, we might be getting caught now, you know? Shit. So the truck is slowly going by. And then I see two dogs just walking like behind this truck and then there's a car behind those dogs and i'm thinking like okay like this is like some security guy with like these dogs that he trusts like to to help sniff people out or something so i'm like i'm thinking like oh we're like about to be done right now like the, it's like the flight or fright is like like so intense but i'm still just laying there and i'm watching and this dog is like so close to us I'm thinking in my head, like, how does no one see me? Like, is Call of Duty real where, like, if you just lay still and, you know, because that's where I learned this. Like, yeah. I learned this from Call of Duty. You just lay down and I'm dressed, like, in, like, all, like, kind of, like, dark green and gray. And my friend is moving in the bush. And I'm, like, I'm, like, whispering, like, stop fucking moving. Stop moving. And he finally moves. But the dog is staring, like, right where he is. And I'm thinking in my head, like, oh, my God. Like, I'm about to get bit by a dog right oh. now. And then the wind blew. And this dog went from like super aggressive, like staring at us to like a derpy, like doo -doo -doo, like walking away. And I'm like, oh my God, we just were saved. Like something happened. And then they just kind of moved away slowly and everyone just went away. And I'm like, how did we, how did this happen? But we still had to escape the campus through here. So we had to, from that moment, once I saw them cusp over this hill, 
We had to run back through the woods, jump over this fence. My friend got his pants stuck. His whole entire pants ripped over the fence. He threw his camera bag down into like this creek. Oh my god! It was crazy. We managed to escape and get out of there, but it was the closest call, and it was the <laughs> it was the most scared I've ever been. Like with just like security or something like that. It it was crazy, but escaping and getting out the the rush from that was like so intense. I just felt like. I don't know. I feel like I could like fly. I feel like I, yeah. I could go anywhere and explore and just, it would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that's like the most intense though is like when you go through the, like those crazy experiences, when you like make it out like intact at the end of it all, you feel like amazing. Cause you just feel like, I don't know, like that you finessed it somehow. Yeah, it's like I a special know. mission. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, Oh, like, like I, you just think about all the people who probably wouldn't have been able to make it through that. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, oh. for sure. We did this, uh, this abandoned jail, like, maybe two years ago and it, it had like a boxing ring and like solitary confinement all kinds of crazy stuff it was super sick and uh we were in there for like an hour and i guess we had tripped like a silent alarm so security came and they were looking around the building and then they i guess they called the cops or something and this cop like pulled his truck up right next to the building like he was basically touching the wall of the building with his truck like hiding there right and we can see him out the windows because somebody had like painted over all the windows but they were like cracked mm -hmm. open so we could see down to like the bottom floor and he was just camped there and we were like oh shit are we about to get like fully arrested like we there was one way in and one way out of, of this jail and he was parked right next to the hole and we were like we're, we're absolutely getting caught. So we spent the next like three hours trying to find another way out. And we ended up having to, we found a rope miraculously, tied it to the bars of the cells. And we like hoisted ourselves out this window and had to climb down a pipe and jump over like a razor wire fence. It was fucking crazy. Oh but that's some, that's badass. Dude, right there. what saved us is we were like skateboarding inside this bando, right? We had brought skateboards. I was doing like some product video for a skateboard company. And so we all, yeah. the four of us had skateboards. And so when we got out, we had, we like jumped down onto the train tracks and walked around the building and started skating down the sidewalk and our cars were parked in front of the building, but the cops thought we were just fucking skateboarders and we got away with it. And it was oh, sick. Nice. <laughs> so it's so funny when you think about how, like, these people have like no, like this cop sitting there has no idea. No what clue. It's crazy. <laughs> We've done it a few times too where like we're in buildings and like you know you'll see that like something's going on and you're seeing a cop or whatever and you it's just funny when i imagine that like i'm like i'm staring down this dude right now and he has no, no idea. idea he's just doing his like daily rounds he probably doesn't even care like some of these places you know like yeah. they're more intense but other places just you know they don't really care um and i'm just like oh yeah he's just doing his little stroll and i'm over here like staring him down like figuring out his next move yeah absolutely bring me bring me into the paranormal stories i definitely want to hear a couple of those yeah. So I will say, I, I do believe in the paranormal based off of my own experiences, but I'm I'm a super, super skeptic to when people show me their evidence, because I, when I'm in these buildings, I don't, if I hear a noise, I'm going to see what it is. I'm going to find out. Most of the time, it's something that is in the building already. It yeah. could be a drip of water. Those noises can sound like someone talking or someone yelling or someone screaming. You know, it can be so easy to get tricked. So I would say like, I'm an investigator, but I'm also... I'm, I'm a super skeptic about the paranormal, but I do believe, but it's just, it's hard for me to, to believe, you know, unless mm -hmm. I'm getting like solid, solid evidence where I can't physically think of what this could be. It's unexplained. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's what it is. So I feel like for you, it's also a lot of it like ties into like being, I feel like you're very in tune with your emotions. And mm -hmm. so I think there's one thing when you think you're hearing something versus like, you know, internally, like when you're being like almost like emotionally manipulated and I've seen it happen with him where 
you know, it's not like he's hearing a voice or something. It's like I can see his demeanor change. I can see that like something's almost like I don't know. It feels like like manipulation sounds like the right and word. And I feel like that doesn't happen yeah. often. But I can think of like a like two or three cases where that happened, and I felt like like what could that have been? There there was just no explanation. You know, I never get like that in these places. I never. I'm always have my composure. I'm always aware of what's going on. So we'll talk about the one place. The, the example, definitely my scariest experience and one of the most compelling experiences that I have captured. And I think not only because of the the vocal evidence that I captured, the audio evidence through my spirit box, uh, because of what happened to me. And then it was on camera. We, we were able to film it. I mean, Urbex wow. was filming me while this was happening. So we were inside... Uh, it was an abandoned psychiatric center, and it was a place that I've been before. And the first time we both went there, I think I only filmed the video. I didn't do any paranormal stuff, you know. It was like the first time we were in this place. It's it's hard to explore a place and then do paranormal on top of it because, you know, like I said before, we're filming YouTube videos, we're taking pictures, we're making TikToks. It, that takes a lot of time. And then to do an investigation on top of that and, like, not rush it, mm-hmm. sometimes I would just say, like, oh, I can't do an investigation now. I'll have to come back. So that's kind of like what happened here. And, but I just remember, like, I remember leaving this place and I was at my house, I was home alone. And for the first time, it just felt like someone was in my house. I was like legitimately freaked out. Not like a burglar was like in there, like searching around in my house. It just felt like there was something with me. And I never had like really had that happen to me before where I felt like, like, is something in my house? So I cleansed my house. I had some I had some Palo Santo wood and I, I cleansed my whole house. I was like really kind of freaked out. And then once I did that, it felt so different. It did not feel wow. weird. I didn't feel like anxious. I didn't feel sketched out. So I was always wondering about this place, like what was here? And I wasn't even investigating and, and something followed me home. Like, can that happen? So I'm thinking in my head, like I don't want to go back here, but I do because I think if I go back here, I could capture some like real evidence of paranormal. So... We went back and we were just started off exploring and Urbex Muse was filming. We were just like taking our time. And sometimes in the buildings, we'll like split up a little bit. And I was doing some, uh, I have like a spirit box, an SB7 spirit box, which is like a, I don't know if you know what that is. Do you, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Yeah, I, the I actually filmed a, a, a paranormal investigator. He flew me out to like the middle of nowhere in Illinois and we stayed the night in an asylum and he did a whole like exploration. So I'm, I'm kind of familiar with the gear. What was the place in Illinois called? Uh, was it? Um, it was the Ashmore Insane Asylum. Or Ashmore, Ashmore States. Ashmore, Ashmore States. States. Yeah. Ashmore State. It was sick. Yes, I've seen that on Ghost Adventures. That's yeah, where I've yeah. seen that before. Yep. So, I was using an SP7 Spirit Box, and I was going around and like some of the the uh, patient wards. You can see where the rooms. You know, you can see they were locked from the outside. You know, it's it's both sides of the hallway. It's just room, 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 room. And it just has one little window for the door. Huge steel door. So, I mean, these people were getting locked away in these places at night. Mm. Got the spirit box out. I'm, I'm catching some voices, you know, a little bit weird. Kind of like the same voices were coming through, like a female voice. And I'm like, okay. Like, I knew there was a room in this place that I really wanted to investigate in. And it was a padded room. And the first time I came here, I, I didn't actually get to see that. We didn't see that, and we had missed out. So when we went back, we were like, oh, I know this padded room. I mean, you got to think about a padded room. W- what kind of patients were in here, what they were going through. Mm. 
they couldn't control what was happening to them. They could have been freaking out in here, trying to hurt people, hurting themselves, you know. It's just a lot of energy that's yeah. in this place. And, you know, I wasn't going into this, like, thinking this place was haunted either, you know. I was kind of going into it, like, okay, I did have my own experience, but, like, I don't know really what that was. So I was going into it, like, really open-minded. And we are finally get to this padded room. We've been in here for, I don't know, how long were we in there it was, for? It was already getting dark at that point. We had been in there for a while. But this that's, like, a common theme with us is that we always end up staying in places for, like, a ridiculous amount of time until it's, like, getting dark. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was, like, it was, like, yeah, it was getting kind of dark out. And it was a little, like, starting to get a little more eerie. And, like, you could hear, like, the wind whistling. Mm-hmm. And it was very, like. And it was cold. Yeah. It was the middle of the winter when we was, went here. Yeah, it was freezing at and the time. So, the muse had just filmed like she did like a little segment where she talked about the padded room and for her video and i wanted her to do that first because i wanted her to be in there talking about the history of this padded room just out loud to if there were spirits in there maybe they would listen to this and maybe if they heard someone talking about this padded room they would be compelled to come out and maybe speak to us if i was going to communicate so finally i pull out this beer box and we're getting i'm getting crazy responses that that are going along with my questions that I'm asking. And then we're getting voices that sound like they're screaming. And it, it was like almost like overwhelming of what was going on. And and I'm just like thinking like, this is like crazy that we're capturing evidence in this place. Almost like kind of like I predicted it. Like if we come back here, I'm going to capture evidence in this, in this padded room, you know? Hmm. And at one point I just remember we were capturing some voices. I, I, I don't even remember exactly what they were saying. I do have a full video on this on my YouTube. And, um, I remember looking at the, because we kind of had the door closed. And I remember just like looking out of the window. And I don't know if it was like a, a a flash image in my head or it was like something. I remember like seeing like a, it was like a pair of eyes like looking in at me. Almost like it was like evil. Like someone was like kind of like, oh, like you're locked in there now. You know, like. Like, like looking down at you almost. Kinda, yeah, yeah. And like, I, I don't know what that was. It was like a thought that was like in my head, but like I wasn't thinking about right. seeing this, you know. So that's why it like freaked me out and I kind of like almost like froze and then boom out of nowhere just had this emotional response i was like crying i felt like i couldn't breathe and it was just like so yeah. weird and it was just happening like so fast like i had no control i had zero control over this, this. Is, like the part where i was saying like it felt like that like emotional manipulation because it's weird yeah. being on like because i was filming this at that point so i remember like asking him, i was like do you want me to like stop like what's going on like I, at that point i'm like more concerned about him than yeah. anything else um but it was very weird to see, like, the shift in his eyes. Because, like, I know Sonny and I know, like, what's going on. And first of all, he doesn't, like – I know you don't, You never played up. You never – you're very open to, like, not getting any evidence. You're mm-hmm. very, like, yep. you know, objective as it is. Like, whatever it is, it is. But there was just something about how your demeanor, like, completely changed, how the vibe in the room mm-hmm. changed. There was something that just didn't <clears> – <throat> like, didn't really sit right with me with what was going on. It just felt very off. And, like, I knew it, like, really strongly affected him. Mm-hmm. So. And – I was like, she was like, do you want me to stop? And I was like, no, just keep filming me. Just keep filming. I don't know what's about to happen, you know, but I don't right. want to turn the camera off because I feel always say that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't have my camera on and I saw a shadow figure. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, you know, I, I just didn't want that to happen. So I'm like, just film me, whatever happens. Well, it's fine, you know? Mm-hmm. So she's filming me and I start to calm down a little bit. We were kind of like talking at this point. I was like almost laying on the ground because I was like, uh, it just felt like my almost like my energy was being drained out of me like I had nothing left Mm. and I even did the rest of the investigation just like sitting on the floor of this place but right after that happened I got a voice that came through the spirit box I forget what I said I said something like this and the voice clear as day says proof like you just captured proof and I mean like it knew it knew I was in there filming it whatever this was I don't know if it was the spirit of a patient 
if it was some energy, if it was some other thing in a different dimension, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I don't know if it was right there with us or it's just there's so much we don't know, but it, something was there. Something I was, felt with like it was us. like validating at the end of it. And I, yeah. I, I think that it was something that was bad. Yeah. I want to say that because when like the next day when I woke up, I had no energy. I, I don't wow. drink alcohol, but I feel like I had a freaking craziest hangover ever. Remember I was on the couch. I didn't yeah. eat all day. I was nauseous all day long. I had no energy. Wow. And for weeks, weeks after this experience, I did not want to explore. I couldn't go. I could not go to these buildings. I couldn't edit this video. I couldn't look at the footage. It like messed me up for weeks. Wow. Yeah. That's what I was thinking because I think that there was something like and very intense about it in the sense that like I feel like most of your experiences just like this one are like emotion related and right. like I think just affect him like mentally as a whole and it's like like you said it's almost like something you carry with you like a hangover that like you know the day after yeah. you, you still feel it like like residual it actually makes me think of the other time when we went into um another mental hospital that's like Sonny's spot it's actually the spot that we first met up at like when I reached out to him and I said oh you want to go explore somewhere like I was like do you happen to know this spot and he was like he was like oh this is like my home spot like I go to all the time it's the spot where I was bleeding near the morgue Ah, too ah. yeah exactly so oh let's go in there and we've gone in there so many countless times so I can't even tell you what time this was but um we were going in there's like a pretty easy way to get into the morgue so we're like oh just like enter through the morgue and like walk around like we usually do and you've always had some weird stuff happen there but this like I just specifically remember this is the time when I was there and I was on like live because this is back when I like still did like TikTok live videos sometimes because people love to see me like doing stuff like in action like the fact that I'm doing it right in the moment so I was doing that and the problem with the morgue is that the service gets a little janky in there sometimes so I was trying to show them but it was kind of going through I don't really remember exactly what happened. I don't even really think you were investigating. I think you were just kind of hanging out, but you, yeah, I don't we remember, were talking really. and then something happened where Sonny just wasn't making any sense. Like we were talking and he, it just seemed like he was out of it. He was like, his words were not like, it wasn't making any coherent sense. Wow. Like I don't really understand what you were trying to tell me. And I could see that like he was being affected by something. And this is something that you told me in the past. You also had like kind of blacked out mm-hmm. at this morgue. Like this, this is not the first time it's happened for him where he went specifically to this place and he feels like there's something that's affected him. And then like he feels it like residually later on or that it feels like there's weird gaps in like memory or, you know, all mm-hmm. kinds of strange stuff. But that was the time that it was weird for me because I saw it in the moment right there that he was like mushing random words together that made no sense. And I, I don't really remember And he that, says he honestly. doesn't really remember anything that happened. I remember I was looking at him, I grabbed him, I'm like, look, we just got to get out of here because I was like, you're acting weird. And he almost like, it's almost like I had to like grab him and like move him out of there because he didn't even want to move. It was like a little rag doll. Um, and so I took you outside and then you kind of seem like you're kind of like coming back to like being a little more normalized and like, you know, we're talking again and you're kind of like, wait, what's going on? And then I end the live and then with TikTok, what you can do is you can um, replay the live. So right. I was trying to replay the live and of course the entire section, the entire time, everything else was in the live. The entire section where he was not making any sense was gone. Which I mean, like because of the service cutting out and everything. So I think when it could have been that it comes back. It but still I mean that's crazy. I just thought it was weird that like we were in that area pretty much the whole time. So if the service was that choppy, I feel like I would have lost a lot more footage. But really what was most notable to me from the playback was that like it was very specifically that whole section that was gone. And then even other parts of the morgue were in it, but why would that make any sense if the service was fine and other pair? I don't know. It was. It just didn't make any sense with the way that the service was in there. I don't think it was just it cut out. But I mean, still, it was very strange how you were talking and it, not making any sense. And it was very odd. It's just a but. place with a a super super dark history, and it's a place that I've always felt drawn to, and a place that I it was the first place I really ever explored, and it was 
the only really place that I knew about that was near me at the time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I just, I've just been going there so much and so much. And I did a full investigation with my friend there just randomly didn't, did not plan on doing that. And we were capturing voices to my spirit box. Uh, just so much evidence. My camera battery died at like 40 something percent. Um, but there was the, the time. So I investigated this place, with my friend, and then he tells me, dude, like we were both having like issues. Like just, I feel like, I feel like, again, I was being affected, but I didn't know how to cleanse myself. I didn't know any of this stuff really. And he's like, dude, I didn't like want to tell you. He's like, my mom is like a, is a psychic medium and she wants to talk to us. Cause he's like, I told her what we've been going through. Wow. And I'm like, okay, this is like, you never told me this before. You know, he's kind of like, he was kind of like, I didn't know like how you feel about it. And like, yeah. it's my mom and stuff. So I was like, oh, dude, I'm down. Like, you know, I've been feeling weird. And she looked at me when we got there and she said, please promise me to never go back to this place ever again. Please never go back. And I told her right there, I said, I cannot make you that promise because I will need to go back and find out what it happened to me yeah. here. I can't just leave this open-ended. I can't just say, oh, well, it's haunted. And there was a, a yeah, a demon attacked me, you know? Yeah. I don't know what I believe in. I don't know what was there. So for me, someone to tell me that. And she was like, she was really surprised when I said that. And she was like, I'm going to teach you how to cleanse yourself. I'm going to teach you the right ways because... I can't keep you out of there, but at least I can like show you what to do. Wow. But she told me a story that she went, she actually worked there as a nurse because she's a, still a nurse now. And just her being psychic and her being a medium is just something that's always been with her for her whole life. And she told me when she worked there, she felt a hand grab her on the back of the neck up onto her head. And she's told me that she quit that day. And that's the reason why she doesn't want me there. She told me that there's no ghosts there. There's no spirits. There's just bad. Uh, she called it a vampire spirit, which ooh, was the first time that I ever heard this term. And she said it's a, it's a spirit that just wants to hurt you. It wants to take your energy, and it, it wants to basically use you and trick you into thinking that oh yeah, it's a it's a the spirit of a patient here. Meanwhile, it, it's it's gonna ruin. It's gonna try to ruin your life and do whatever. It, it's like it's crazy when someone's telling you that. Yeah. And it sounds like something out of a movie, really. But I'm thinking of the experience I had. And that was like something out of a movie. So, you know, just, it was just a mind blowing thing. And, you know, I've just mm-hmm. kept on having experiences and experiences at this place. And even to this day, even just when yeah. I go there, you, you just feel it when you're there. You can feel this, this energy. I don't know if it's just me or this, this I sadness. I was going to say, it's 100% for me too. Like, I love going to this place. We've always gone. It's just like something that's but like you casual always go and chill. Back. And I mean, it's, maybe it's... that's something that's to it there that we always say, like, you know, we're talking about like what could potentially be lingering in there. And how maybe there's some aspect of it is like, oh, do we really want to keep going here? Are we being like lured back here? Mm. Is there something that keeps like literally drawing us back in? Because there is every single time we go in there, especially the main hospital, it does feel extremely strange. It's never like a relaxed because I feel like there's some places that people go and they say like, oh, yeah, it's actually kind of oddly peaceful in here. And I've had places like that where I've said that it doesn't feel like dark or scary in here. It feels kind of like, you know, chill. Mm -hmm. I would say that this is not that place. This yeah, is a place that like you you feel like a constant level of anxiety, mm-hmm. of a very strange anxiety where you just you know you still feel like you know you know that no one's there. You know it's like not a place where like crazy stuff happens. You're not gonna get caught. Like really. it's not like yeah, it's easy. There's nothing to really be afraid of. You know, except for like some stupid teenagers that want to like go up on the roof and like spray yeah. paint it. You know, <laughs> right. it's like that kind of thing. But you still feel the need to like look behind you. Mm-hmm look behind me again, feel like something's near me, feel like there's someone right behind me. It just feels like I never can like it, shake that. And that's silly because I mean, 
yeah, there's something about urbex that maybe people say like, oh, well, you're exploring abandoned building. Of course you're gonna feel like that. But I'm like, okay, but how how long will I explore abandoned buildings and, and have that not like go away? Because yeah, we're it's used not to really that like, we're it's used not like to, something yes. that happens in every single place. I yeah. mean, yeah, there's some places where I'm a little like on edge, but that's maybe like a new spot and that's more like worrying about security or something, but not always worrying about like, especially for this place, I would say, how many times have we even gone? Like 50, 50, 50 60, I don't even know. It's just like, it's so casual. Like, I used we'll, to go have, there alone and just walk around. Like pretty much every weekend. I feel like if I remember over by like where you are, we'll be like, oh, like on the way to the, we'll go to like the mall or something. And on the way, like we'll stop here and yeah, why not? we'll go and we'll just go walk around. Like, it's just a thing we do like on a weekly basis. Almost. Yeah. It's like, I love, yeah. I love this place, but I know that it's not good to, to be in this place, but I, I won't stop yeah. going to it. And yeah. because if it gets torn down, you know, I wish I can go in there and like investigate and not be worried about being super loud or getting caught mm. and, you know, just, and just like have full permission that for them, whoever owns this place, probably the town to just be like, yeah, you're good. Go and investigate it because I think it's going to be torn down soon and, you know, it's going to be torn down and whatever's there, that's it. It's going to be gone. It's yeah. going to be totally gone and no one's ever going to capture any and evidence there or possible proof that's inside of this building. So that's what bothers me. It's like, I want to go in there and, and really, really do a hardcore investigation and get down to the bottom of, of what this could be, you know, yeah. because they will never be able to do that and it'll yeah. be gone forever. So. Oh, man. It's... It is eerie because uh, I was just going to say, but yeah, like the connecting pieces we found in there. Like we've seen like what war journals with like oh, yeah, oh my and God, stuff, which is oh like, you know, God. it's weird like to have like those connections there. And I almost wonder like what that plays into it as well. You know, when you get connected to like those physical items. Right. And, go back and back and back and keep seeing it, keep discovering more. Like, I feel like it's just a random spot. You like dig around the ground a little bit and you find some like fascinating stuff sometimes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But yeah. I don't know. It is a spot that I will say keeps bringing us back. It's crazy. Cause I, I think that only urban explorers experience these kind of things. And I've like written blog posts and made podcasts and videos about that thing that you're talking about that not only draws us back to these places, but like the that energy that negative energy and and i i didn't know how to explain it to people so i just called it the darkness because that's like the only thing yep. that i could mm -hmm. make them understand was that it's just darkness it's not like dark it's like the darkest form of it's like a void into nothingness that's the only way i yep. can explain this to people and i think only urban explorers really get that because we've experienced this kind of stuff and so i mean thank you for sharing those stories i love hearing about that kind of stuff because yeah, it is fun. so unique to what we do so do you guys have any goal places like bucket list items like places you're you're uh, dying to go to uh, <laughs> Uh, I mean, I feel like, uh, I don't know. There's always. I know. I can tell you one right now. Yeah, 100%. If I had the chance to go, Hashima Island, Japan, I, I would go right now. I would drop everything <laughs> and go right now. It, it, that's just like, I don't know. And just what, you know, you learn the history about that place. Yeah. The history goes back so long. And it was just such a dark and, and it, it just, it's so crazy that, that these things happened in life. And Ur mm -hmm. Urbex just brings this history out in these certain places, the dark history. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we can't just forget about these things. Like most people would probably just say, oh yeah, just demolish that island and make it a, a park or something. Right. You know, it's like, you can't forget about this. The people that died here, you can't just forget about them. If you forget about the history, you're forgetting about the people that died in this mm -hmm. horrific way. And I don't know, it's just a dream location for me just to be able to be there and just stand there in the complete silence and you're in the middle of the ocean yeah. just to experience that would be amazing. And even <laughs> maybe to investigate there, but I don't know if that's like on the line of borderline being disrespectful sure, almost sure. you know that i don't so i don't really know how that would go but hashima island anywhere really in japan for me japan is yeah. just 
overall my dream location. I feel like whenever I tell Sunny like spots that I'm like fiending to go for, I, it feels so stupid in comparison <laughs> because I'm like, I want to go to like the state hospital. And he's like, but it's like local. Like, or, like, I don't know, something random yeah. that everyone's been to, but I'll be like frustrated because it's like there's a spot I've been wanting to go to. And I'm so mad at myself because a bunch of people were going and I kind of knew, but I was, I don't know, at the time I just didn't go for it. I don't know why. And I think this is back before because I don't really like to buy into the whole thing a bunch where like everyone's going to a spot. I need to go to the spot. Yeah. But like it's hard not to sometimes just because you know it's doable and like everyone else is doing, you know. But either way, there was a time when everyone was going to this hospital. It looked dope and there was like awesome old dentist chairs and all this like, you know, it's it was like very well preserved, but there was all this cool stuff left behind. And it was just it was like one of those spots that like when I thought about before I really conceptualized urban exploring, because I mean, when I knew about urban exploring and watching, you know, like these bigger YouTubers at the time when I was like in high school, it always just felt like a something like, oh, you have to like travel like forever and across the world to like find these places. I didn't feel like it could be something I could do like in the US or, you know, locally. But um, that's what this place feels like to me. It feels like very dreamy. Like when I see the photos of it, it makes me just like imagine, like I guess how I glorified urbex mm-hmm. in my mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm always mad at myself that I didn't go before I got locked up. And it's not even just like locked up. It's like they welded the doors oh, yeah. and like, mm-hmm. you the know. Only way, the only way to get in would be to. Like, like a third story window. Yeah. And I'm and like, there's always security. Yeah. And no matter when you go. It goes, and my thing too is like, I'm not going to knock anyone who like, I don't know, when it comes to like entries and stuff. I like to just use existing entrances. But I always say it's like, I can't judge people to an extent of mm-hmm. like, you know, how they choose to get in because like a lot of ways that I've gone in are because other people exactly. did certain things to get in. Right. You know? But for me, it's like, I don't feel comfortable. I don't want to be up there with like a crowbar and then the <laughs> people who do rounds every 10 minutes are like, <laughs> yeah, hey, like- what are you doing? <laughs> um, so there's stuff like that where I think it's more of like a, like the fear of missing out, but you actually yeah, missed out. Yeah. Because I don't know, maybe if I had gone, I wouldn't really over glorify it so much, but it's purely because... I knew it was doable and now it's not. And I'm just kicking myself and I'm yeah. like, but it, it feels like so attainable. You that's, know? Your, that, that's your dream explore that place. I just, shut up. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I love state hospitals. What I love about like older. around the world? I don't know. I mean, what are like, I don't know of like, I mean, I don't want to say Chernobyl because Chernobyl is like so touristy. I, it's cool. Obviously it was super exciting, but I don't want to like, it's such a stereotype to be like, my dream explore is Chernobyl. Chernobyl. It's, or like amazing, back when though, when but... your thing, what was it? What was your explore before, dream explore before you found um, out it got demolished? <laughs> oh no! Oh wait, what was it called? Um, Nara Dreamland. Nara Dreamland. I remember because Sunny uh, used to always tell me about Nara Dreamland, how excited he was, and I was like, oh well, let's look it on Google Maps. And then he was like, what? And it was just a giant like dirt ball. I heard the violins <laughs> playing oh, as a tear came down my face. He had no idea the Yeah. Yeah, the smallest violin. So I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah, maybe it's just that, like, what about I over, Italy? I don't, I mean, yeah, I just don't know of any, like, off the top of my head. Povalia. I think it's just, like, I don't know. For me, any dream explorer is, like, an amazing state hospital that still has sure. stuff inside, that's not super vandalized, that, you know, like, especially, like, older, like, dental equipment would mm-hmm. be cool. I feel mm-hmm. like I haven't gotten the chance to experience a lot of, like, older equipment. Like, I would love to see more places that aren't, like, because like, the psychiatric centers that have closed in, like, the early 2000s and the 90s are cool, but, like, they they did get a little bit more modernized inside and yeah. so what i love is finding those old hospitals that are like more like the 80s when they close mm. because then everything that's there like what if you find wheelchairs everything they're more like wooden style and it's just a little it's just different and i like that better yeah um but you know alas like they're a dying breed which is really sad mm-hmm. <laughs> so um i don't know i think for me that's always just been my thing is like wanting to seek out as many as i can and maybe go on more road trips and you know 
I don't know, even for me though, like I don't want to ever like downplay like the, what people are saying are like the overhyped or overpopular spots. Cause I think that that's a problem. Cause then I've gone to quite a few spots that I think are overly popular. And then because me and Sunny were so meticulous to like check every little corner, we find some really cool stuff that yeah. we think a lot of people would overlook. Mm. And you know, people run through there in like an hour and they're like, Oh, there's nothing cool here. And I'm like, well, did you actually take a chance to like, I don't know, like look down on the ground and like just take a minute to like really analyze the place because when you do you find like some really fascinating stuff and that's how i found like mm-hmm. patient documents mm-hmm. or random x-ray you know things that are um like under dirt like yeah. that you wouldn't have known that were there you know it's Hidden. just like i don't know little stuff like that or well, I mean, that's that's how you know i would say b- before i explored with urbex muse like before she is like really big on like just like trying to just like dig through everything. She's opening drawers and yeah. she's going through everything and trying to, <laughs> to find these stories of people and patients. And it's something that I never did. But when you do that, you spend hours and hours. We'll be in a bando for eight hours. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. <laughs> the time flies by, yeah, you know, like yeah. a full day flies by because we're searching through all this stuff and we're uncovering history. Yeah. And then there's like, it's, it's just... I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's just, again, how I found a lot of cool stuff. Like, I mean, there's, again, like I feel like one of the places that I went that was my first spot that I ever really explored that I've gone back to time and time again. Every time I go, I find more stuff. Like I mm. found, um, it was weird. I was looking around through a bunch of these like piles of papers and then out of nowhere, like it was like, um, like, like not like blueprints. I want to say, but kind of like a design plan for like another, like a, a sanitarium. Like wow. that's also in the state, but it's like, why is this in here? This is yeah, like a different, that was weird, that. but it was like, okay, that's weird that this is like here. And it was like the original like plans. Wow. It was very strange. Is that where you found the, the, the um, the patient file for the little girl oh yeah so that was another crazy thing too because this is a place where like um that first place that i went exploring back when i started going to it like in like 2019 there were still a lot of patient files left it was like whole room just filled to the brim of patient files and then i think what happened was either workers or someone went in there because they had dumpsters and i think what they did was they went in and they cleared out some stuff because then we went into that room and i remember it was like a big thing for a minute everyone was like hey did you realize that like all these patient files are like empty like at least this main this main one room that everyone used to know huh. was full of them because they would be like death certificates in there and like x-rays. I remember I mean there's still x-rays and stuff left in there it's just not all the huge piles of patient files that it used to be but I remember going back in there and I sifted through I was like you know what there has to be something they have to have missed something and I literally looked and looked and looked and I found the only file left in there it had and it was amazing too because not all of them had pictures attached to them but this one happened to have a picture of this eight year old girl Whoa. attached to it. She's holding up the little placard for the place and it's like the 60s. And I'm reading about her and how she was like born with her intestines outside of her body. So she has the this scar fuck? on her. It's just crazy. And I'm like, I mean, this. And she know, was in this place. She and was she was in, this in there with- for, you know, I think they said her mom thought that, you know, you know, obviously they didn't use great terminology back then, sure. but they thought that she was developmentally delayed and like all these things. And then literally the conclusion on the paper was this mom has like way too high of expectations for her daughter. Damn. And I was like, wow, this is just crazy to read this. And, you know, just. I don't know. It was just something really fascinating. It's um, messed up. And, but yeah, also again, it's like the perspective it gives you of like what this place was once like. Right. Yeah, these aren't just yeah. abandoned buildings, you know, there's so much history behind them. But yeah. again, I think that that's just, the thing there for me was just about like showing how, I don't know, I think people would, even back then when I went, people would easily be like, oh, that place is like trash, you know, whatever. It's, mm-hmm. it's like a, like people think it's like a freebie, gimme spot, like the first thing yeah. that comes up on the internet. But like, I don't know. I mean, I think there's something magical about it mm-hmm. when you're someone who, you know, and I think this is something that's like inherent in people who really are passionate about urbex is that they'll take the time to just like sit there and go back to a place that they've been before because it's not just about going there and hitting it and, and then checking being, like, it off, off the list. Yeah, it's, yeah. 
it's about saying, oh, well, I was here this one time, but I don't even know if I remember going down this one hallway and I want to like look around and I hear they're going to demolish it. So I want to go in and see if there's anything like worth salvaging. Because I think that's also something that's a whole separate topic of people taking things and what people think of that. And I think, you know, if it's going to be demolished and you're preserving some of the last history of that place, because you know damn well that a lot of places when they demolish it, it's like everything goes down with it. They don't really go in there and they don't save anything. I think to an extent that's not the worst thing in the world, but I I, I, I agree. I think the was different. So yeah, you know, I completely agree with you about yeah. that. Like I, so one of my other goals in like five years is to open up an urbex museum where people can bring those artifacts, mm. those those items that they saved into this place and tell the stories of these items. I mean, like. You know, I I took a giant Dr. Pepper sign from a a building because they were demolishing it. And I was like, this is from the 20s. Like, I don't care if it's worth money, but this is fucking cool. You know, like, it's sick. It'll be gone gone forever. Exactly. And it's like, why not? Why not enjoy it? And then have that in in wherever you are. And then people can see that and be like, what's that? Oh, I saved this from uh, an abandoned building Mm -hmm. that was torn down. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. you're preserving history by doing that. It's amazing. And we're passing those stories on. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yep. Yeah. And I think there's a difference there too between, like I said, like if the place is getting demolished or not. And I think also my thing was I never want to take anything that's like integral to the exploring experience because I yeah. think there's some places we all know that people are going there to see very specific things. Mm. Like obviously, and that's fine. It doesn't mean that like you're just using the spot for that, but it's like, it's fine to be excited about something that's in the building. Mm-hmm. I would never want to take anything that I know intentionally people are going to like be upset if like they knew it was there and they missed it yeah. or i you know i don't feel as bad if it's like there's multiple of something and i know that like people are either going to see it and again if it's going to get demolished anyways and i feel like it's a little more fair and then i think also too it's just about like just generally being as respectful as a process as you can yeah. go about it i mean i I've, I've seen some people where i will be kind of like okay you you took a lot you know mm-hmm. like I, was, I saw people where it was like mm-hmm. you know they weren't just taking one little thing it was like 30 40 items Shit. from like one place and it wasn't all small stuff it was like a whole door <laughs> like yeah, that's what are you gonna do with the door <laughs> yeah or like other stuff. i don't know i mean whole door or like um <laughs> like there was like this spiky chair that people oh, used to love spiky chair um rest in peace and <laughs> i mean it was just like i think it was just something that people thought was like cool and artistic it definitely was not original to the buildings or anything yeah. but someone just took a bunch of nails and like made like this chair that like this old wooden it was chair like a torture with a million, chair after, it made it look like, like a little torture chair yeah and i guess so someone took that you know but people knew it people like knew this chair was at, at the spot so like yeah. i don't know it would always get moved around so you would just find it in like weird places and it was just like something that was, i know like urban explorers were doing that you know yeah. so it yeah, was, like, was kind of funny yeah and then this person just like took it and now it ruined it for everyone oh yeah so there's like little things like that where it's kind of like i don't know I think there's a borderline with everything because I, I mean, especially with like TikTok and stuff, we'll see comments where people are like, "Oh, I would love to like pull up with my my truck and yeah, and like, load yeah. up or like want to take the furniture." And I'm like, "That's not the point." Like, yeah. obviously, like yes, I I'll never tell people that like I don't take anything because I think it's important to be honest and say that yes, like I've taken things, sure. but I think there's very specific, you know, constraints under you know, yeah, like I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of thing of things that go into it, but I think people would know like what your intentions are when you're doing it and i think if you feel scheming about it yourself you're probably doing something kind of weird yeah because I, mean, I feel like i would, if you're like hauling out like a whole bed frame <laughs> like, <laughs> i don't know i mean much. yeah so people yeah. do that all the time again like, a big thing is like they'll talk about like profit like again on tiktok and in comments of people saying oh yeah. my god oh, you know we how went, much that you know how much that that's worth and i'm like worth? and i'm like probably nothing because it's trashed yeah. in here yeah, it's, all <laughs> like, mold, it's all moldy it's all moldy been sitting in this building with water damage yeah. like i'm gonna i'm gonna risk 
taking this giant piece of machinery out, like sneaking out with it, like on my back, like, yeah. a, car- like a cartoon. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, acting like we can, I don't know. Sometimes it's really funny when people are like, oh my God, you should, I would just take the whole x-ray machine out. I'm like, yes. <laughs> You're like, so and put really, it where? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, obviously I'm sure to some extent it's like, not 100% figurative, but there are some people who say some stuff where I'm like, okay, I know you're you're being legit. Like, you know, when I've gone to like Thieven and like ski resorts yeah. and other stuff where people are like, oh, sell all the boots or right. sell all the ski. You know, I'm like, no. Yeah, we're not, yeah, we're like, we're not there for that. Yeah, it's know? like, I'm here to explore and enjoy this. I'm not here to become like a salesman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Auctioning off so. ski boots on TikTok live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some first tips. I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. Amazing. <laughs> so, amazing. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm, I I will say I have like a little collection that I'm like happy with though, yeah. and I think that that's that's 100 fine to have like little things that you appreciate from places that you know that like. Unfortunately, if another person had seen it, you know, because some of these places not the most respectful people go. Yeah. If you weren't the one to pick it up and dust it off and say, oh, like I'm gonna you know laminate you and make sure you don't fall apart into dust because this paper is so soft that like if I rubbed it between my fingers, <laughs> it would just disintegrate. Yeah. Someone would just fall over it, or yep. someone would say, "Oh, this is cool. Let me set this on fire. Or I'm gonna set this whole place on fire." Because yeah, we've, we've seen that like everywhere. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I think to some extent it's like not an excess, but there's there's little stuff that it's like a little memento. Or again, like if it's a place that like a little local spot you go to all the time, and you've seen it through like all the phases, and you've seen it get worse and worse. Mm-hmm. God forbid if you take like one little thing, you know. Yeah. yeah no, exactly. I feel you. Preserve the memory. Yeah. I feel you absolutely. So. And then. uh so this one's a fun question. If you guys could live in an abandoned place for an entire week, which place Ooh. would it be? <laughs> the ones I can't get into. <laughs> <laughs> You're all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of places around the world. It's so hard to just pick one spot, you know, of for course. a full week there, just I'm trying oh, to think man. for like for like the grand archetype. I'm trying to think of something that like would like be like a cool aesthetic to like. Live I'm in, all you know fucking I mean? Dracula's castle in Transylvania. Let's go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. I don't know. You have any ideas? I would only stay at Dracula's castle for a week if I could become a vampire <laughs> by the end of it. Perfect. That's the only way. Oh man. Perfect. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I'm, t- I'm. I'm always. I don't know. Something about something is telling me to say Chernobyl. Like if I had yeah, a like sick. an all access pass there, like go for it. Yeah. You can explore whatever you want. You know, yeah. I'll be in like there with a up. with a freaking radiation well, suit on yeah. with a guy. That would be well, awesome. People do that anyways. I mean, people literally camp out there. Yeah. It would be kind of like living there anyways because yeah. when people go out there, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I, I tried to I get a, a shy on the podcast. He's known yeah. all over the world for, oh, yeah, for yeah. his Chernobyl yeah. explorations and going through the Red Forest and camping and all that stuff. But oh, he's yeah. like, he's like, my English isn't that isn't good enough. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Just come on the exactly. podcast. Yeah, we still get it. <laughs> uh, no, he's awesome. He's awesome. Man, yeah, but... I think. I think. Yeah, I think maybe Chernobyl or a place that I uh, maybe. Someplace I could do an investigate, like a full investigation, and have yeah. just well, like could, so like, much time there. and stay there for a few That's, days, and yeah. you know, just have time and really just go over everything and, and make it super clean and, and good. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, well, I think there'd be something about like staying in a place for so long. Maybe you know, Penhurst, if, if I could stay there for a week in Penhurst alone. I want to go to like the buildings that Penhurst doesn't allow you to go into. So <laughs> yeah, we had a guest. That's on it's always funny when we were walking around that little tour. I don't. Yeah. Have you ever been to Penhurst? I I've never been okay, to Penhurst, so like- but but I had somebody on the podcast that used to work there, and they talked about like what it was like to work there yeah. and what it's like now Ooh. that there's like a new owner. Crazy episode. 
Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. No, because it's just like you'll they'll walk around. They give you like a little day tour before because we did it like a while ago where that, you know, you could pay to like stand to like 3 a.m. And mm. just, you know, kind of have a little bit of like a free for all. And, you know, it's not like there's a lot of other people there. So it's just kind of interesting. But there's a lot of buildings there that are still I mean, you know, some of them were repurposed for, you know, letting people go in and right. investigate. But a lot of them are still sitting there and they're not touched, especially like the, I think it's the main is there like really the main hospital? Or it's like it's, the um, one that has the morgue or something. There's Devin? something. Dev- oh, the, oh, um, no, there's another building there. Oh, the, the one, one we walked yeah, by yeah. and they were saying how it's either like it's just too, too unsafe or yeah. there's something that they, I don't know. I also question too if there's something about ethics because they did get a lot of backlash yeah. um, from so, the community yep. after, you know, kind of purchasing it because people saw it as like making an attraction, which in retrospect, I can understand why that sits wrong with some people. But exactly, mainly yeah. for me, it's more like, the haunted house, I would say, is yeah. what's like. Yeah. I think it's the haunted house, like putting actors but, in there to scare people in a yeah. place where people were being killed yeah. and yeah. tortured in there. At, yeah. Like so, that's like crossing the line. So yeah. my thing is, it's one thing to do like a haunted house that has like a little bit of like a theme to it that's not actually like in like a location like that was once in a you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can understand completely like how that rubbed people the wrong way. So I I don't know. I feel like there might also be some backlash if they took that main building maybe and i don't know i don't know i think but, i had a good experience at penhurst when we went I, the yeah. cool thing was that like we did a tour for, it was like from like i don't know like whatever like 7 to 3 a.m and mm-hmm. by like midnight everyone, everyone left gone. so they were like you can go wherever you want and you'll be in there totally alone so we had these buildings totally to ourselves you know i felt like i'm freaking like zach bagans on ghost <laughs> yeah. adventures you know because i'm sitting back mm-hmm. to when he went here and he investigated you know it's like for me to stand there and and to be in this moment to be in this place where yeah. where this guy was investigating, you know, that for me, that was like, that was amazing. That was incredible just to yeah. experience that. But I'll say it was kind of sad though. Cause I mean, while we were there, they had demolished like some other buildings. So we were walking yep. through and you could see there was just like piles of brick. And it was kind of weird yeah. to me. Cause I'm like, you're probably, you know how much money they're probably making yeah. doing all of these investigations and everything. And I'm like, you really, you really couldn't have like salvaged some of these maybe with all that money you got. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, cause for me, it was kind of like a shame to just see them like oh, yeah, completely it when it goes down. Even if it was just like, I don't know. It. It was just like a little sad to, yeah. to see that. For sure. Yeah. yeah, so that might be a place I would pick for a week. But I think if I had to pick a really, probably Chernobyl, probably something like yeah. that. Something that's yeah. like super like epic and legendary, you know? Oh, for sure. I don't, yeah, I don't really know if I can pick one, to be honest. You have to pick. <laughs> you have I feel like I'm like, I like exploring and I'll and I'll be the person who like drives Sunny to stay longer and longer and longer. I'll be like, five more minutes, five more minutes, you know? <laughs> um, but once I'm done with a place, like I'm done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so I got So you. then it's like, I, I need to get out because then... I don't know. I mean, depending on how you get into the place or whatever, it's like, you know, it's like how you were saying kind of like you feel a little bit of like claustrophobia, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like it can start to feel like so confined in a space, mainly after like, like I said, when you're ready to leave and then say either like you can't or there's something going on. Like, I mean, we've had moments where like we're about to leave a building and then there's like the cops sitting out yep. there and now we have to watch and then we're sitting inside for two hours and it's hot yep. and you start to feel like just like your story from of, before you mm-hmm. know it's not like a small building but you start to feel like you're trapped because you're only able to go so far and you also don't want to walk around and make all this noise so i don't know i feel like for me if i stayed in a whole place for a week i probably would just like inevitably hate it eventually <laughs> so yeah that um, that feeling you just talked about about like uh when you're ready to leave you're like i gotta get the fuck out of here like i it reminds me of when i was in denver with a friend of mine with uh urbex off limits i don't know if you guys know him on instagram oh, but oh, yeah, yeah. so we we did a denver trip together and we hit like eight places in two days it was crazy and the last wow. place we went to was an old um military like outpost where they used to store the intercontinental ballistic missiles so there's tunnels Whoa. underground and it's like 
<laughs> freezing. Oh, it was like it started like snowing while we were in there. It was freezing, right? And we're underground, and there's like rust water, like four feet of like mm. rust water, just disgusting and completely pitch black, right? So we've got flashlights. We're like doing our thing, walking around. It's kind of eerie because like there could be people living in there. We don't fucking know what's going on. So we're just walking around, mm. and then it comes to a part where we basically had to like traverse across this metal beam to like continue going further mm. into the tunnel. And on either side, there was like five feet of freezing water that was like orange. Yeah. So like, I'm not going in that water, you know, there's no way. And I've got a backpack on that's like pretty big and I'm a small person. And I'm like, look, dude, I'm not traversing across this beam. Like if you want to go, go ahead. I'll wait for you. That was my first mistake. <laughs> that was when I knew I fucked up. <laughs> so he goes further oh, into no. the tunnel and of course our phones don't work because it's we're underground in in like metal yeah. tubes right so our phones don't work my flashlight's starting to die and so no. it's like 30 it's, it's like 30 right minutes later and he still hasn't come back and i'm like he's dead he died he fell he fell i have to go find him but i'll never find him because my flashlight's gonna i was like panicking right and then i was like yeah and i was like i was like should i leave should i get out like what do i do and so i eventually i like mustered up the courage put my bag down went across the beam and like yelled for him and he was like oh i'm coming back i'm on my way so he gets back and i was like where the fuck have you been dude like just like, <laughs> like i was like why, why would you leave me here for so long he was like oh man i was taking these sick photos you should have kept coming with me i was like god damn it dude like let's get the fuck out of here so we get out in the sun's oh, setting and like it's like those kind of moments where you're like oh my god like the the world is ending right now kind of situation like if i don't get out of here i'm gonna lose my shit especially with the tunnels too i feel like yeah, the tunnel it's it. so easy just to remember you're underground yeah this thing can cave in yeah. like it's it, it makes you start to panic okay well i've never thought about that but now i'm gonna have, I don't to. You do, have to think about it I, i'm done with tunnels tunnels mines i will never do a mine fuck that i am not the about mine. to die in a mine <laughs> yep no yeah, mines for me no, i'm not gonna... doing that like with tunnels, I feel like we've had some experiences. I'll do any tunnel. But, like, I'll do a flooded tunnel. But here's the thing is that anything. like I feel like most of the tunnels we've had experience with were like I mean we've had technically that like tunnels, but they were like kind of like I mean in that like, one of the hospitals we went to where it was like you know not really like an under underground. Those were like, was, like tunnels for people to walk. Oh, yeah, through. exactly. Because yeah. there's like tunnels made for like the employees, right. and then there's like tunnels that are like no, these were just for all the pipes. Yeah, for like for utilities. them to run all the utilities, and it's like those are the super cramped ones. We've yeah. only had one experience with that, um, which was rough for me because like. I don't know. I'm not like, I, I don't want to say I have like full on claustrophobia, but I think that it can happen to pretty much anybody. I yeah. mean, I think everyone can feel it to some extent. And we're in these but little tunnels like, that are full this, of like pipes. And, this was yeah. like a tunnel that was, if you didn't know that it was there, you would never see it. It was Shit. like in the middle of the woods Whoa. and you're climbing yeah. down like 50 feet into yeah, we this climbed, tunnel. Yeah, we climbed down because it's like a little ladder. And then I was, first of all, I was scared because I mean, if you, because you have to kind of like swing in. There's like a, it's like a huge like square hole. Oh yeah, if you fell off so that ladder, you're you would slamming. Fall and pipe, you would yeah. slam your back like onto a big pipe no. full of asbestos. You would, you would probably <laughs> need to go to the hospital. Probably. Yeah, so I was scared because I'm like, oh my God, I hope I don't slip. First of all, so I was getting down and then you have to like snake your body like through the pipes nope. so that you can get to the bottom of it and then you can you have to be permanently crouched you can't stand up because if you're standing up your head is just gonna like continually um touch like the asbestos pipe you know and like it's gonna be like chalk all over you mm -hmm. so we're kind of crouching down and i'm like oh okay well it's fine like on the map like where we are to like getting into the hospital is fine it's not like super far um but then of course i'm like crouching and you're, i mean i have horrible knees so like yeah. i start to feel it and then of course sunny like 
is looking ahead and he's like oh man there's a lot of cave crickets <laughs> and i was like Oh! Yeah, like hundreds, um, like hundreds and hundreds just covering was, the walls. It was know? so many. And I was like, okay, well, we're already here. I have my raincoat on. I was like, let me just put my hood on. I'll be a big girl. Yeah, It'll no be shows. fine. I'll just pretend it's raining. It's fine. Um, <laughs> raining so crickets. there was all that. Yeah, and I mean, I felt like a few, like, pelt me, but it wasn't horrible. I tried to, like, shine my light away from them and, like, just pretend I wasn't looking at them. But the problem with that was then it was, like, it wasn't, like, a super direct line to the hospital. It was kind it was of like turns. you had to turn some turns. So... Um, I remember you were, feeling you were like kind of getting panicky. I was getting a little panicky because like, I was telling Sunny like this doesn't this shouldn't be taking this long. Yeah. It's like, and I was trying to freak out, kind of being like, and you I didn't can't have a do light. this. Like I had my flashlight in front of us, and I thought that would be enough for her to like kind of just like look a front look look in mm-hmm. front of her and see me and kind of like how I was illuminating it. So she was like, I can't see, and so I was like, here, just take my light. So now I don't have a light. I'm going <laughs> He's the walking into the darkness. The darkness, so I can't see, and like, well, because at that point I didn't want to open my bag because my bag had my camera and everything, and I just didn't want to open it because like I was like, okay, I don't want to get all this grime, and I already know I have all this grime. I could see on my jacket yeah. I was getting like powder on me and everything. I was like, I can't open my bag right now. My camera's in there. <laughs> but like, so... hey, there was no room to turn around. Oh like you could, God. I couldn't even like do a half turn. I had oh to no, like, look, yeah. I had to like look over my shoulder and be like, are you all right? Are you good? Like, and even like with crouching, you had to crouch even more to make sure you weren't hitting pipes. And even when I was like, you could hear my back like hitting stuff mm-hmm. even when I was pretty low down yeah. and then I was worried I was gonna like because again my knees are not great so like I was worried like oh my knees are gonna give out and I'm gonna like fall into like this like muck that's on the ground because mm-hmm. it was all like mush like asbestos mush yep so it was like it was probably the grossest tunnels we've ever been in and the most cramped and then eventually yeah it was it got better but in that peak moment I was like this is going way longer than I thought it was gonna be and then I was having a good I time. was I remember I just told Sunny I was like I need to stop I just I was just I needed everything to pause so I was like, let's just stop for a minute just so I can breathe and not have to think about anything. <laughs> and then I was okay. But it was just like a moment because it was so tight that I was like, I can't deal. But then we got in there and it was fine. And then I think on the way back, because we knew then how long it was going to be, like it didn't feel as bad. Yeah. It was just when you're doing it for the first time and it's like unknown, yep. it was a whole thing. Oh, yeah. And actually, we I mean, we want to go back. There's, there's so much more to see there. but Because the tunnel, the, the tunnel when you first initially yeah. come down the ladder – you, you come off, down, yeah, yeah, it goes, like, straight, and then it turns to a right. So, like, we went right, which was more uphill. The one that goes straight is more of, like, a downhill. So the person um, that we talked to, they said that that potentially could have been flooded down there, you know? Yeah, because so yeah. like, we were saying, like, there's all these other buildings we wanted to go see, and they were, like, I mean, it's also one of those things, too, that, like, this comes into the whole picture of, like, exploring abandoned buildings in, like, one day is very unrealistic. Yeah. Like, I think some people, like, and this is something I had to get acclimated with with YouTube videos, is that, like, I'm not going to be able to film an entire location in one day, and that's okay. Like, it's okay to film one building of one place and then come back and film more another day because it is extremely unrealistic to, like, do all of that, especially if, like, you don't have, like, a guide or someone who knows mm-hmm. everything about everywhere, you know, because otherwise you just – you're kind of navigating in the dark and you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Um So I think it's one thing if you've like gone to a place a few times and then you're like, oh, I'm going to go back and film the whole thing. But if you're going in like blind and you have no idea, it is extremely unrealistic. We'll be back. We'll be back. Yeah, we definitely want to go back. I mean, I have a feeling they're probably going to be flooded. It would be very, like, it would be such a bummer to go through all that again, just to like walk down and realize you can't go anymore. Yeah. But that's going to be the thing that's going to be hard for that one because those tunnels to get further down that campus, it's going to be much longer. And I feel like I'm going to have some moments (laughs) where I'm going to be like, can't do this <laughs> yeah you just gotta breathe it out so oh my but i mean God. i don't know again those are like moments that they make for like cool stories because it just again it really distinguishes like how interesting i guess this hobby can get sometimes yeah. that you're willing to like put yourself through those situations and then like 
I, you know, me and Sonny's thing at the end of the day, whenever we get out of a place and we know 100% we're out, we fist bump because it's yeah, like, that's our signal. Like, that's good. our signal to be like, hey, another one, another one bites the dust, another one. And they didn't know because we actually, we were in this place and we know that there's like some sense of security there. And we heard a car run, drive around the building twice. And we think it's just some, because it's the same car that you said. I saw this car parked by. The car was parked out of the, like right in the front entrance that we went there. And I, I was looking at that car and I'm saying, that's like parked really weird. Let's just make, keep an eye out. So if we're out and we see this, it was like a Chevy, old Chevy blazer. And I'm like, if we see this dude driving around, it's security. And an, an hour later, we're in the top floor of the building and I hear a car and it's this dude flying around the building. You know, he, he has no idea we're in there yeah. though, you know, but I just, I'm just laughing yeah. at this dude going like, you're never going to catch me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just like knock, on, knock on wood, yeah. but still, oh it's funny. The person to hit the couch that's literally made of leather. <laughs> like, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, overall, it was really cool. I mean, in retrospect, I remember we were talking about how it's, like, kind of silly because, like, I mean, when we think about that hospital, there wasn't, like, necessarily a lot in it, but it was just exciting because we had wanted to go in there for so long because it is, like, a more, like, well-known, I guess, per se, like, state hospital. Like, you know, I think a lot of the state hospitals are, you know, if, if you're into exploring, you'll know them. Yeah. Um, so, but it was just, you know, something about having experience to say, oh yeah, I've finally been inside of this. Had a beautiful one. morgue in it. Beautiful oh, wooden morgue. I mean, beautiful morgue sounds kind of morbid. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, there was a bunch of other a, stuff yeah, too. Yeah. Nine and, tray morgue. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. It was I mean, amazing we're, we're always a sucker for the morgues. I think that's like one of the bigger polls. I mean, obviously like I, I try to go about it as respectfully as I can, because yeah. that's also like, I don't want to be like over glorifying it, but there is something about how there's like a lot of history tied to that sure. and also knowing that a lot of times those are like the original all those are really the original pieces from when the place was first mm-hmm, built right. or at least a lot of them are that was. so yeah that's always another crazy thing when you're looking at it listening but, listening um, to your tunnel story mm-hmm. i'm sitting here and i'm like the people Ugh. that don't do urbex that are listening to this are probably just like why are, why do you yep. do this to yourselves <laughs> i don't really like to talk about it a lot because i mean i i like juggle a lot between like I don't want to call it a because I feel like so stupid to say like professional life and I'm like I want like anything to feel like just my life I don't want to have to act, feel like I have to act a certain way like like I, that I can't be open about exploring whatever because yeah. I mean sometimes I feel weird about telling people like if I'm like when I was in school or when I was had like employed because I feel like people wouldn't understand sure. or like I don't know if everyone really understands like the legality of it because some people genuinely don't get that like there's a problem <laughs> with like the law yeah. and that's fine because I'm like oh, cool you don't think that like I'm doing anything right. wrong but I mean so far, at least anyone I've talked to about it, they actually seem like they're really fascinated with mm-hmm. it. But it is also kind of like a thing where they're like, oh, my God, I could never do that. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, all they say is like, how can you never be scared? Or they're, they definitely have like a certain reaction that they're surprised that you would go through something like that just to see. For sure. Like what we've seen. Oh, for sure. So yeah, the t- it's, it's, like, it's like, you know, when you think about it, who who who's going into these abandoned buildings, like taking a tunnel or doing all these crazy things? It's like, really, when you think about it, you're... You're like the character in like a video game or like a movie, yeah. you know, that's why it's crazy for me because like as urban explorers, we all share these experiences that no one, no one, no one else has unless it was someone who worked in this hospital. Exactly. And then again, they weren't using these tunnels when it was abandoned. Yeah. It had yeah. lights on and it was, it was nice. We're doing it like, it's like the craziest way ever, but mm-hmm. I know we share those experiences and it's just like I said, yeah. it, you don't get that anywhere else in the world. I stick to it today. You'll never experience yeah. it anywhere else. Absolutely. What you had said with like kind of like the employees and like sharing experiences and stuff. I always think it's so cool too. Like some of these spots that we've gone to, it's like a lot of the people, it's always interesting when like, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure like this is a case for like a lot of like areas in general that some places they end up turning them into almost like walking trails yeah. or like that you're allowed to kind of like walk around the buildings. So it's kind of a little interesting in that way that you see like when you're walking around, you'll kind of see the same faces or you'll recognize like people who are kind of like they either grew up in that area or they were old employees. And I've had that happen where like 
you walk by like some of these like older state hospitals or something and I'm taking pictures and then like this older woman will come up and talk to me and she'll just be like, oh, did I hear that you mentioned like because at the time I was talking to some other people saying like, oh, yeah, I heard that they're trying to turn a few of these buildings into apartments. So this woman comes up to me and she's like, oh, did you say that they're trying to turn this one into an apartment? She was like, I was like one of the nurses who worked here. And she's like, I remember taking out one of the last patients here back in December of like 95 um, when they were closing down. Like she remembers wheeling literally like the last person out. And it's just crazy like how you ended like people like that and like that you know, in the sense, like, the connection to these places feels really far away, but it's also, like, literally right in front of you. <laughs> like, like a literally, like, an older woman could just walk right up to you, and, like, there are still people out there who used to work here. There are some patients that are still out there. Um, it's kind of interesting, but, I mean, from her perspective, it was cool to hear, actually, because she was always telling me, you know, like, you know, we traded our, you know, patients, like, the best that we could. We, we were actually praised by other hospitals for how well we took care of them, how they never had bed sores, all this stuff, and she was like, it was always such a happy memory. Like, it's, it is kind of nice to, like, kind of debunk a little bit of, like, this again, more of these stereotypes, I guess, of every single place being haunted. Because I think that that yes. is a problem in the paranormal community is that we – people will go in and every single place, they'll 100% go in being like, this place has to be haunted. Yeah. And they Before they even know, they'll hear some outlandish yeah. story. They'll be like, oh, yeah, 10,000 people died here. I'm like, okay, <laughs> And no, I'm like, okay, yeah. like It's and not it's a like, war zone. And it's like, yeah, like, you know, you can say that that can't have like a contributing factor that there was a lot of death or that there were some awful inhumane treatments. Like, mm. obviously, those are all factors there, but it's not to say that like that paints a whole picture as to what happened right. or like who cho- chose to you know stick be- behind if there's any spirits or anything. I think that's why it's important to always go in, like Sunny had said before, like very open minded mm. and don't because I think once you come in with those preconceived notions, you almost like it's easy to set yourself up to think that things are happening right. when they're not to overplay stuff. And I mean, this is again, it also comes into the situation of like people putting out fake evidence like intentionally because they want it for just for content. Yeah. So which sucks for me though, because then it's like people watch those videos and they get, that's like the, they, they perceive paranormal as like some, some crazy, like click, like you're going to get picked up and thrown. Yeah. Or, it's like, like going to be like someone like choke holds you like the it's spirit. Not like, it's not like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's so yeah. unknown and it's not like that. And it's like, you know, I, I remember Greg abandoned on your show. He was, he doesn't believe in the paranormal at all, but I'm saying like, come with me and investigate with yeah, me yeah. and and see how it really is you know it's not like the movies it's it's not like uh, like a lot of the stuff on youtube is is not real it's yeah. it's like clickbait stuff so mm-hmm. it's not all like that you know there are people who actually are curious and, and want to know if this stuff's out there so yeah. it just gives it a bad rap yeah yeah so i think that's a whole thing too. so it was, it was interesting to hear like from her perspective like an insider saying you know like what she remembers of the place and that she does remember it very fondly her having good memories like she was literally staring at this building remembering oh like i remember like being at the end of those like sunrooms and like hanging out with the page like it was just wow. it's such a different perspective. and i always thought it's like i never wanted to demonize any of the people who worked at these places because at the end of the day like they're just doing their jobs yeah. and that doesn't mean that they were um i guess complacent in like all these bad things happening i'm sure a lot of them didn't really have anything that they could do if if there were places that you know awful things were happening but also like i don't know it's I think more than I think it's just unfortunate that like it's such a large stereotype applied to places before people even give it a chance to just experience it and see okay is there actually any activity even here mm-hmm. it's like bam haunted just because you saw that it's a hospital that's abandoned you know yeah no for so, sure I think that is a big problem but I mean that I mean I think that just comes with the territory of like you know people filming these places and trying to make content and like people for a long time and I think this is still the case, unfortunately, that people think you have to make content that's clickbait in order to get popular. And I don't think that that's true. Mm-hmm. I don't think that people like that. And I think if anything, people really appreciate um, if you're genuine and that means something to them. And I think that there's something different about connecting with a creator who 
is like 100 percent just straight up as it is mm-hmm. because like i think it's almost like a brush of breath of fresh air you know yeah and so. what do you guys hope for the future of urban exploring i mean i think i don't even know i mean i couldn't I don't, I mean, I think it's one of those things too that people always say, like, do you think that like urban exploring will just die out? Never. And it's like, I never. Well, because there's, out. I think I've always said that like, for me, urban exploring is just like, I feel like it just is a great reflection of how, like, I don't want to say it's like a reflection of like capitalism or if it's like, like a, like a bigger picture of like how we are always about building, building new stuff, throw away the old yeah. stuff and like never really looking back. And we're always about like advancing, advancing, advancing. And we leave just so much behind. It's like a ridiculously wasteful. I think it's just, it's some sort of like reflection of like our society and like, I don't know. There's something about it, about like, you know, looking at a building and knowing the monetary value of how much was left there. And it's almost just like mind boggling how it was so easily disposable and how it's just like such a common theme everywhere. Um, And I think that's just something that's never going to go away that. And I mean, I think it's just, I mean, the only thing I can think about the future is that naturally things are going to shift. I mean, like I said, there's this era of asylums and state hospitals and all that stuff. And that's kind of, although it's like something that I like a lot more, it's, it is dying out and then it's going to shift to something else. I mean, the new age, it's, it's going to be these new age places or whether it's, you know, these older style movie theaters, like I feel like what we've said is like, we see um, like the older mom and pop movie theaters mm-hmm. because now there's like these newer like AMCs taking over. So I feel like that's more of like a modern thing you see. Yeah, we when found, it comes to, like, we found spots, yeah, we found some know? movie theaters that were like it's like an old looks like a '90s style movie theater. You know, Sick. still had like power and stuff. And I'm just like, this is like the result of not only because I mean, COVID nineteen that that shut down for so long that yeah. affected a lot oh, of these yeah. businesses. A lot of places mm-hmm. we go to are shut down because of that reason. There's been a few yeah. So that's too. like another like I guess a new wave thing too is like you know public health and what that means for like businesses and small businesses and. Um, I guess mainly COVID will be another big generation, I think, of yeah. abandoned places. Because, again, I think a lot of the places now, I feel like most of them were shut down from COVID or around mm-hmm. COVID um, or had some sort of factor involved with that. And, I mean, I think that that's just going to keep happening. It's just going to be, like, either, like, big events that cause more places to become shut down. And it's just going to be, like, a newer generation thing. So I think sometimes it is sad in my mind because I, I do really cherish some of those older buildings. And, I mean, it is a shame mostly because, you know, that, like, those older state hospitals are getting demolished and a lot of the history isn't getting preserved because I would always love to see that architecture specifically because it's such unique architecture. We don't build places like that anymore. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure we'll even stay some about the places that are abandoned now recently. Like we're, we're going to look 20 years from now and say, oh, it wasn't built like that. <laughs> yeah. um, but I would love, they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> um, but I would love to to see those places preserved, which is why I'm so happy that, like, you know, some of those state hospitals, like my local one that I love to go to all the time, like, okay, maybe it's going to be a little weird seeing them as apartments, but I would rather that happen than them be completely torn apart and these, like, gorgeous, like, these stunning white pillars that are out front and everything. It's like, I would I would love to see that kept around because yeah. that's, like, just, I don't know. Classic. Classic, yeah, I guess that's, a, like, a good way to put it. But I don't know. I think it's just, like, I, I see Urbex as very dynamic, and that's just how it's going to keep being. It's just going to keep um, – shape-shifting i guess yeah. and i just hope that people keep yeah. the, the passion for it you exactly know? like i don't plan on stopping it you know I, I plan on exploring for as long as i can and doing investigations for as long as i can but i hope that you know the new generation like uh, maybe like not learns faster but they they learn the rules kind of and they have some sense they of do respect it, I yeah guess. they do it right yeah. they do it with respect and you know that's all we can really ask for like when people on tiktok they ask me oh where is this where is this i try to tell people like you know i don't give out locations to prevent further vandalism yeah. to these spots because people don't know. They just, some people just give out locations yeah. on TikTok. They put the coordinates 
or they think it's for clout too. People think that's normal. Exactly, they think it's normalized to to blast bots online. We we always that's our thing. We always try to just teach people and just be nice to people because someone might not know, and you just being nice and telling someone, "Hey, we don't give out locations to stop vandalism, stop you know whatever is going to happen to this place." That can be the reason why they get it. Yeah, that could change somebody, and that can Mm -hmm. that that can turn someone into a. A, a trustworthy urban explorer who's going to be respectful mm-hmm. and kind of do what we're doing, which that's what we want. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's the biggest thing is, um, I guess recognizing that things are always going to, I think things are always going to be abandoned. That's always going to be how it is, but also just hoping that like the generation of people that come with this hobby, that, that something changes in the level of respect, how we treat places is that they're not disposable because that's a whole issue of using up a spot and then feeling like, Oh, well now it's trash. And now it's like a, a gimme that we can just, you know, use it just for, you know, content or whatever like i think that that's a problem is that eventually it feels like the spots become like spent and then it can just be like thrown aside and i that's something i that i really don't like because it's just it. we've seen it so yeah we've times. seen it times and time again because then that's just what happens and that's if anything that's the main contributing factor for why they get so trashed not really because i mean yeah naturally of course over time stuff happens but that's really what accelerates it all so i would just hope that people would change maybe how they approach urbex or like that I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say that because I feel like it's very unrealistic, sadly, yeah. to to expect that of people. Yeah. But it's something that, you know, if I had like a dream world, like I would hope <laughs> that only people who really cared would, would be involved in that. Like, I don't know. If people want to start fires and stuff, can you just do it somewhere else? Like, right. Yeah, go have, a, go have a bonfire. Go have a bonfire. Yeah. yeah, go have a bonfire and burn like your clothes or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, have like a. Arson? Yeah, go burn like your own stuff. I don't know. But no, for there, there's always going to be people out there who like, that's what they see places as you know like i've gotten the justification a lot well like well it's abandoned like who cares like it's almost like just because it's abandoned like they just see it as like you know and again like we, the wild we don't yeah. and maybe that's, that's something interesting about people who are in urbex is that we, that's the whole point for us is we don't just see it as an abandoned place versus everyone else who's outside of the hobby we see it as like something fascinating mm-hmm. and magical and there's you know for people it's history or just seeing the decay or feeling like we see something that not a lot of people see or like again like some sort of like I feel like sometimes these photos almost feel like a little bit of like a public commentary of like how wasteful our infrastructure yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of constant drive to build, build, build and not look at what we've left behind is, I mean, there's so many different reasons why it draws people in. And I just, I don't know. I think unfortunately the hobby is just going to keep also attracting not so great people yeah. who want to use places. Um, I don't even think it's also, I don't think it's even people who don't know that it's wrong. I think some people know that what they're doing is in poor taste and they just do it anyways because now we're in a generation where social media can become a living yeah. and you can make money off of pretty much anything. And that was also something different where I think you see it in older generations that that wasn't how it was because you couldn't, you couldn't yeah, make yeah. money out of Urbex. Like, yeah. and, I mean, I don't even 20 years ago. I don't think it was like that back no, then no, really. No, no, no. So that's a whole nother thing too, that I think kind of changes the game, even with TikTok too, is like, we've seen it. I mean, like, I mean, obviously we're two examples of it that it can, work out really well for people but obviously there's also other people out there who are doing it for all the wrong reasons mm-hmm. and they also get a lot of the benefits so yeah you know you gotta love it <laughs> gotta love yeah, it yeah i think it's a complicated future picture but... <laughs> yeah yeah and then uh my so. my last question for you guys is what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started exploring um I don't want to be like, I feel like this is like a catty way to leave, but it's like, don't trust everyone you like talk to. I mean, I feel like that's, I mean, I don't know. I think it's something about like, like just be mindful of who you're engaging with because unfortunately, like a lot of people out there, like I said, they, they can be nice to your face or they can, they're trying to use you for something and you don't really realize until it's already happened. Or like, you know, I think you just have to be really mindful of like who you're engaging with. And 
I think I've, I will say I've met some really great people. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, Austin's really great. Mm-hmm. Austin Urbex. Big Banks. Um, Big Banks oh, is awesome. I love him. He's a really nice guy. <laughs> um you can just tell just when you talk to them you can just tell they're they're being genuine with you they're Mm -hmm. authentic you know when we met banks it was like i don't know we just i just felt like a connection like i was just friends with them already like it it was just like we had urbex in common and i just was like oh we're friends you know it's just so easy yeah so i think there's definitely some people you can just hit it off with and you you know that you can trust them and then there's some other people where you kind of like you're like "Mm, i'm trying to tease out a little bit i don't really know how i feel about Mm this um and i mean maybe you know when like they only hit you up about spots or like i don't even know i mean it, it, it's it's an interesting thing to navigate and it's hard to know like who's on your side or not because then you also start to question when you get more notoriety which like i'm not saying by any means we have like notoriety but like you know we have a lot of followers yeah. on tiktok we have we out of nowhere started getting more followers on instagram and like sometimes i start to question okay like did people reach out just because of that because i don't think you really knew anything about me and it's not to say because obviously i don't really know people's intentions just off of that yeah. but yeah i mean you gotta watch it's, your back. it's just being mindful of it and kind of just being alert because unfortunately there's a lot of people out there who I know are like, I don't know. I mean, I'll notice people who comment just on my stuff, but they comment it in a way that sounds like very self promo-y. Like, uh, yeah. oh, cool. I went here too. Uh, I made a video here. I'm like, okay, you could have just like awesome video versus like <laughs> making it into a self promo or yeah, something. Yeah, I don't no, know. Exactly. Yeah. So unfortunately like that can happen mm-hmm. and it can, yeah. And I, I don't know. I've, I've, I mean, I have a lot of anxiety, so (laughs) um, I don't really like to get into beef with people because, like, it just really stresses me out and it takes me away from this whole thing, which is I want to have fun. I'm not here to, like, make a bunch of, like, drama and at at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter to me. Like, I mean, you could argue with people all day long on here and you would turn blue in the face and nothing would change. So, I don't know. But I think it's just, again, I learned over time that, like, you I mean, my nature is to be kind of eager and people pleasing and I have to like learn to rein that in a little bit because a lot of the people out there will take advantage of that and use you and use you and use you until you got nothing else to give. Mm-hmm. And then they realize that and then they're like on to the next, you know? Yep. So absolutely. And Sonny, um, what about you for, so, yeah. for that? For me, I think I would, I just wish that I would, I picked up a camera and just knew how to use it right <laughs> away. And I knew what cameras to buy. I knew what gear to bring, you know, because mm-hmm. there's places that, when I first started exploring, like when I first started exploring, I didn't use a camera. I didn't use anything. I just went to just take it all in. And then just the, just seeing everything made me want to whip my phone out and take a few pictures. And then that involved to a GoPro and that involved to a camera, you know, but there's places that are gone now that I'll never get to take pictures yeah. of. And I'll, I'll only, I only have the memories in my head, which is, is great, but it would just really be nice to go back and just really appreciate those spots the way they needed to be appreciated and just take some awesome pictures and, and just to, just go back and relive that and just I don't know it's just it feels like not that I missed out it just feels like I, I'll never get another chance to do that there it's gone forever now yeah. so yeah got you that can be hard when like yeah you look back and you're like oh I wish I was like better when I went to this place right. so I could have like taken better shots uh, that's like yeah. my whole thing yeah or I wish I had it's stayed like, longer I mean, I guess, yeah. yep yeah like a lot of little things like that and I mean you'll never really know until like after the fact, I don't yeah. know. I feel like you just can't sweat what you can't change. I think that's like the best thing I could ever think of is yeah, just to not get so preoccupied in that because it's also like, okay, all of these experiences made me like get to where I am now and I'm happy with exactly. where I am now. So it's like, you know, if I wished I did anything differently, things would have changed and who knows where I would be now or if I would still be happy with what I've been doing. Or I don't know. Like you have to learn at some point, you know, like it's it's all going to be like a learning curve. Mm-hmm. So if that's where the bottom of the learning curve is, it's like that's where it had to be, you know? Absolutely. So. And uh, if people want to keep following your journeys, uh, where can they find you online? Drop your social media, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, all that. 
Yeah. So for me, it's like Urbex underscore Muse for TikTok, Instagram. I mean, it's just Urbex Muse on YouTube. I feel like those are the main, the holy trinity, I guess, (laughs) of um, what I do. So yeah, yeah, those are mine. Yeah, I have the same thing. I have TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, and you can find me. Explore with Sunny, but Explore is with an X. All right. That was my episode with Urbex Muse and Explore with Sunny. Thank you both for coming on the podcast and sharing your stories. That was such an awesome episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this longer episode of the No Tracers podcast. Be on the lookout for that Urbex guidebook. I'm actually starting it. It's it's begun. It has begun. I'm going to try to uh, team up with another urban explorer that draws sketches. I've actually had him on the podcast. His name is Cursed Sketchbook. If you guys haven't checked out that episode, I will actually link it down in the description. He lives in Portugal and he takes these amazing photos and then he draws sketches into the photos so i'm gonna see if he'll help illustrate this guidebook i think it would be super sick to team up with him and do something together all thanks to this podcast and social media like this has been an absolutely incredible experience getting to create this podcast for you all and help you learn some tips and tricks for urban exploring and sharing some insane stories with you guys and having my guests share their crazy stories too it's been super cool so thank you for supporting the podcast and for listening to it every single friday i appreciate you guys I will talk to you next week for another episode. If you're new, hit the subscribe button. If you're a veteran listener, please leave a rating and feedback on Apple Podcasts. It helps the podcast grow in the society and culture section. And if you do leave a rating and feedback, take a screenshot of it and DM it to me at no.tracers on Instagram, and I will mail you a signed photo print of an abandoned place that I have explored as a way of saying thank you for doing that. You guys are the best. Check out Liquid Death Mountain Water, like I said at the beginning of this episode. Go check it out. Get some water. Use promo code just the letter K. And uh, I'll talk to you next week for another episode of the No Tracers podcast. Stay strong. Keep enduring. Go out. Go explore something. And remember, leave no trace.